This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There was a video I saw this morning of a guy... One of those slingshot rides. Oh, yeah. You know I'm talking about? Oh, they, yeah. They pull you oh, all the I've way down. That. Yeah. And then they shoot you up in the air. And he is, he's a big dude, and he's on with a girl, and he's screaming his head off. You've seen videos like that before. Yeah. But the difference is, is he starts screaming, I asked my pants. I asked my pants. I hate you. And I think he, he really did. left a load in his pants. I think the girl next to him is his girlfriend, too. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying, I hate you. I hate yeah. you. And all this other stuff. I've always wanted to go on one of those, and I never have oh, it's awesome. done it. Are they cool? Yeah, I did one uh, in Ocean City, New Jersey, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago. They have two rides that are similar to that at Great Adventure. They, they have that one that shoots you straight up, and then they have the giant swing one where they pull you way back. Oh, sure. And then they let you go, and you swing back and forth. And you got you have to pay extra. It's not part of your admission to the park. It's like 30 bucks or yeah. something like that. I did one at Dorney, and basically you're at the end of a really long propeller. And it just goes around in a circle, but it's so far out that it, you start whipping around as fast as you buy the how, how high do you get? Uh, higher than mm. any of the roller coasters that they have at Dorney. Wow. So it's really high up. But like you said, Preston, you pay extra for it. Do you know I'm pretty good with heights, but that thing, the one at um, at uh, Six Flags right now, the the, the, the tallest. King of the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, 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 the swing ride. Oh, oh. I don't know if I could do 40 stories. Yeah, there's I, something different about being out in the swing versus being in a roller coaster. I, I, yeah, the roller coaster I'm fine with. Yeah. yeah. I, you just, you know, I don't know, something about that swing. I'll yeah. tell you what. It scares uh, the piss out of me. If you were... I'd S myself. <laughs> I would ask my, no, no. If you had a... Like, if you if you could uh, parachute by yourself, if you were, like, trained and yeah, had yeah. a whole bunch of jumps, I think it'd be kind of cool to get slingshotted. Slingshot? Like, slingshot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Off of, uh, like, the Grand Canyon or something like that. That'd be kind of neat. Sure. Yeah, I, kinda... I bet you... So, I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't already done that. You know, these thrill seekers? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty neat. They actually have one... They have a swing case here. I was looking at... It, it was a... A viral video that was going around is true. One of those swing things that swings you out over the canyon, over the Grand Canyon. Oh, they had so it's, it's pretty scary. Steve, when uh, when I went for when I went white rider rafting, when I recently just went to Colorado, while we're headed down this uh, gorge uh, or canyon, I'm sorry. There, he, the guy goes, "Okay, look up there, this top of this cliff face." Yeah, a cliff face, not cliff face. <laughs> and uh, cliff face is a serial killer. You could. <laughs> His name was Cliff Face. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Not as far Have as you I heard of Cliff Face? No, I haven't. Ten years ago, he killed all the councils of the camp. He used a pair of toenail clippers. That's <laughs> how he got the name Cliff Face. Oh, no, Cliff Face in the house! Cliff Face in the house! I can see toenail clippings all over the place. <laughs> Cliff Face, the night he came home, guard your cuticles. <laughs> <laughs> So, what, what was it? Anyway, it was at the top of a cliff face, and we could see the swing coming out occasionally. He's like, there's a ride up there, and you can wow. see it. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. I, I don't know if I'd have the balls to do the that. The technical cliff face uh, term would be cray-cray. Cray-cray. <laughs> that's cray-cray. But the one at uh, in Vegas at the top of the stratosphere. I've yeah. been up there. Oh, my God. Have you? I've that's been. That's 1,000 feet up. I was there when they just opened up that attraction. Yeah. Did not do it because they were still going through the test phases. And anytime you're up that high and you hear the word test, yeah. you uh, don't do it. Exactly. But, Jesus, it, it, it looks 
just unreal. Casey, we're watching a video of them uh, th- uh, slingshotting an individual up who has a parachute on, and I guess he ca- they they shoot him up, and he keeps going, and then he and then he pulled the uh, uh, the cord. Do you know what it's like, Preston? That's you have <clears throat> those old army men, totally, and you throw yeah. them straight up, yep. and then the parachute deploys. Yep, that's exactly what that looks like. That's pretty awesome. I love that. I don't know. I just don't. I wish I had the balls to do extreme stuff like that, like yeah. those guys who do the. Uh, the uh, those special jumpsuits where they can glide along. Yeah, the the squirrel suit. It looks very cool. No way. No. No I, way. I, I like life too much. I I enjoyed the the whitewater rafting. I I did yeah. you know pretty heavy duty level rapids on that. But I don't know. No. No need to do that. I mean, like it's the law of diminishing returns, as you've said, Steve. Eventually, it's going to happen. One of those times, it may not work, and that would be a bad thing. My brother in law is uh, skydiving. Has been skydiving for for years now. Has almost a thousand jumps. Wow! And he and it's, he's basically acquiescing to that law of diminishing returns. Preston is saying, in a little while, he's going to wrap it up. Yeah, okay. like the micromort. Yeah, yeah, you probably should. Uh, I saw this: the passing of an individual who probably had an effect on your life and didn't even know it. A guy named Robert Taylor, Robert R. Taylor, an entrepreneur of hygiene. He is the guy who created liquid soap. Liquid oh, soap. Wow. I saw this soft soap. I think is what it initially was called. Uh, millions of Americans is too hard. <laughs> Ow! Uh, <laughs> Ow! It's like that guy who uh, is uh, using Q-tips. Ouch! Uh, or, or the the one Ow! now for zoomies. Have you seen the, the binoculars you wear? No. There's a hunter walking through the woods. We assume he's carrying a rifle. Yeah. But the binoculars are too heavy around his neck to hold. Ow! <laughs> Is, we assume he's going to drag a dead deer out of the woods, but somehow these binoculars are too heavy. Zoomies are binocular glasses. Uh-huh. Ow! Ow! Oh, my neck! This soap is so hard! <laughs> Steve, you know how you um, lament the fact that uh, your wife could have bought you apple stock? <laughs> yes. At one point? Well, um, my aunt and uncle, who have a lot of money, ha- had an opportunity to invest in soft soap. <laughs> Zoomies up here. I'm sorry, Okay, Nick. no, no. Here's Here's the ad- you see the hunter... Oh. Oh. Right. There well, we look go. how pretty and smiling she is. Right. And I she just, looks like a complete moron. I just wear these binoculars. Wait, you see right. the, wait, you see the, here, where's the hunter? He'll come out. I this saw the, okay. the, the lady trying to lift him to her, uh, and it, oh, her arms Ow! Just, <laughs> Holy Christ! What is this, from a torture chamber? <laughs> this here, thing around my neck, this lanyard string, <laughs> strangling me. Ow! Here's the deal. It's not a bad idea. Zoomies, uh, just looking at the product, it's like, It's okay, moronic. It's a good idea. It's a pair of binoculars, for Christ's sake. It's not like a, they bored two holes through a cinder block. I know. <laughs> just the marketing. What is, is this, wrong. made out of concrete? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> it's so overdone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, so. when will someone invent binoculars you can wear? And then the, the commercial that's the answer to that will be, my nose is killing me. <laughs> Ow! From zoomies. Can't they just jam the lenses into my eyes? <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you have to ex- expend some energy in lifting whatever you're using. Right? Ow! Ow! Nick, you were saying, uh, Nick, uh, or you, uh, Steve passed on Apple stock. Right, yeah. So yes. originally, this this story was about soft soap, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and my aunt and uncle. Ow! <laughs> it's so purds. 
No, what I didn't realize was that you could invest in pretty much anything. Right. And so this opportunity came along to invest in soft soap as an entity, as an, as an entrepreneurial thing, and they passed on it, and then it became what it became. I well, clearly remember when their soft soap came on the market. Yep. It was, it was a, you know, and, well, what is that? Right, it, yeah. it was, and I don't know why it seems such a bizarre thing, because you'd been using dish soap, which right. is the same thing, but for your hands? No, what about the chalk soap? Ow! The edges on this thing. Hey, what's what chalk soap? Oh, you never, oh, well, we had that in our grade school. That's what I was thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, you know, like soap a, dispenser. And, it's like know. a grit. Yes. Oh. Something yeah. I actually like that. Yeah. I always felt that your hands were, because you were basically sandblasting your hands. Wait, yeah. I don't know what that is. It was. It would come out, as, in case you were saying, like like a, a grit, like a, what they use in uh, um, auto mechanic. Uh, uh, yeah. Same same sort of deal. Power of pumice. Yeah. yeah. You would kind well, you kind of. Super pow, pow, pumice. Lava. Uh, hit this little button, and maybe there was a grinder in there that was yeah. grinding out soap flakes. But it was These too painful. flakes are painful. <laughs> Wait, Steve. For dramatic purposes, add a little reverb to that owl, if you don't mind. Ow! What kind of soap is this? My hands are bleeding. <laughs> Who uses soap this hard? Will some genius invent liquid soap so I don't have to be an amputee? Um, well, let me tell oh, you. Oh, this toothpaste. This uh, this guy was a bit of a genius uh, because, do you guys ever watch the show Shark Tank? Yeah. yeah I love I actually, it. I it's actually a very show. good show. I, and, I, and it shows the entrepreneurial spirit in its rawest form. And not only that, it also shows that just having a good product doesn't mean no. anything. You have to have a marketing plan. You have to have strategy and all this other and stuff. And matching or, T-shirts. Or otherwise... Uh, investors are not going to be interested. Listen to what this guy did, okay? So, and by the way, he ended up buying Calvin Klein's cosmetics division and just made a gazillion dollars. Wow. Well, it obviously but worked out for him. He was a former Johnson and Johnson salesman. He struck out on his own in 1964 and formed Village Bath Products, and later renamed the uh, Minnetonka Corporation. Uh, and he started out small, hand rolling balls of soap. But was determined that he could uh, he could compete with the hulking conglomerates. And one day he had an epiphany. You and your balls of soap. <laughs> <laughs> one day he had an epiphany. He said, "I thought how ugly bar soap was and how it usually messes up the bathroom, and I thought, not, why not a high quality liquid soap that comes in an attractive bottle? Liquid soap had already existed, but yeah. nobody had marketed it the right way. <clears throat> so he uh, described soft soap." dispensed with the gentle press of a miniature pump as a soap without the soapy mess. Its arrival was heralded by a staggering $6 million advertising campaign. Even more staggering was a go-for-broke gamble that he made that became a twice-told tale of business school. And here's where the genius comes in. Knowing that bigger companies would be able to copy Soft Soap's pump and then outproduce and outmarket and outsell them right away, right. he decided to outsmart them. He pre-ordered... 100 million pumps from the few manufacturers who actually made the device, effectively locking up the manufacturing capacity and giving himself a jump on capturing brand loyalty. So So the other companies couldn't make it. He soap-blocked them. Because he, yeah, instead of C-blocking them, he He soap-blocked them. them. He bought up everything and kept the, the, the actual manufacturers who made that stuff, he kept them so busy 
that they couldn't make the product for the other big companies. Well, Whoa. that's How smart genius. Is that? That's there we go. You know, that, I mean, you can think he of a took great the product. risk and he did it. Yeah, and that's some serious belief in your product too. Yes. Buy a hundred million of those poems ahead of time. I mean, a I don't know where he got the investors or the money to start that up, but right. I mean, he had come from another company. He had worked for I think he had worked for Johnson and Johnson or something along that's those two lines. Johnsons. It was double double your Johnson. <laughs> I want two Johnsons. <laughs> I want Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Um, this company will be do much better with the second Johnson. I think that's who he was with, this guy Robert Taylor. Uh, but anyhow, that was uh, that's that's huge, man. To, to saw, be able to, to do that to outsmart soft soap. You know, and they say though, and the perception is is that that soft soap is better and bac- bacteria wise better for you. It yeah. isn't. Oh, it isn't. They found out that it's just the same as bar soap. It's the same. Okay, yeah. so it's not worse. Or it's not okay. worse or better. It's, it, it, is, it will be cleaner yeah. if you don't want like that residue. Do you guys, I, I assume you guys all have soft soap or something similar in your Yeah, in your soft homes. soap and soft. bar soap. Do, yeah. you, do you guys uh, water it down when it gets to the end? No. Mm, no. I yeah. do that with shampoo. Do you? If, I'm, if I'm in the shower and I don't have any left and I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll take the bottle, I'll pour some water out and shake it up. And, I'll add and some Bacardi to it. Just nice. to get a little bit out of that. Okay, that works. Ooh. You don't drink it, you just wash your head with it. <laughs> yeah. you, you add water to yourself? No, but somebody oh. in my house does. I'm not sure who it is. <laughs> it could be my wife or it could be my oldest uh, child. That's, that's an old trick. My mother yeah. was my mother was from that, you know, making every cent stretch thing. So she would do the, you know, the water and the soap dispensers and stuff like that just yeah. to keep, get every last bit of it out. No, I hate that. We buy the refills though, like the yeah. you know the yeah, big yeah, ones. Yeah. And you put those right back in the pump instead of buying the new pumps every time. Sure, we do that. By it's the way, Casey, a... somebody texted in the soap was called borax. Okay, they're saying that that's what that chalk soap was. It was borax. Is that something familiar? I've yeah. heard that name. Uh, well, borax is is a uh, twenty mule team borax, isn't it? Was that it or is it? I don't know. It was the the very gritty soap. Soap. Yeah. All I know is it was painful. Ow! 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 Oh my god! Somebody needs to come up with something better. It's pain is insane. Well, they had that lava soap that, like, uh, mechanics or people yeah, you get. That's like, what yeah. I'm saying. The power yeah. of pumice. Is that what that so was? Their was there, first okay. initial foray into it was uncooled down real volcanic lava, <laughs> which was bad. I mean, your hands would be clean. The first time you totally hit the pump, clean. you just had like stumpy bones. That's what they were. The, the which was a great campaign was bluegrass clean, performance. Clean to the bones. That antibacterial. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> It's real lava. How do they keep it hot? The other stuff that mechanics use is goop, isn't it? Goop is a great goop cuts through everything, man. For I mean, mechanics, just over years and years and years, it's hard to get the skin actually like you know colors because of the the, the grease. But that goop stuff really works. I think that's what we used to use to clean our bongs in college. Goop? Your bongs, yeah. You use the, that level of strength you needed to clean a bong? Oh, yeah. Really? Well, dude, that yeah, it gets gnarly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, you know what? Uh, uh, denture cleaner. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Put some water in there, drop them down in there, psh, bubbles. Cleans. Like Pepsodent. There you go, like Pepsodent No, no, no what is it? No. What, denture, what is it? Denture cream? Polydent. 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 No, that, that's denture no, cream. No, that's grip. Oh, is grip. it? No, I think you're right with the Pepsodent. Is it Pepsodent? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was toothpaste. That is toothpaste. Oh, What's what the, are we talking what, about? What are the dispo- you put the dentures in, you drop, they're like Alka-Seltzer tablets, you drop yeah. them in, and they clean the dentures. Yeah. Dentures are disgusting. So gross. I know, so right? Hot. Yeah. They're on a hooker, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking these out. It's going to feel really good.
When you like mistakenly see someone's laying, like sitting in a glass <laughs> or something. I want to puke, Kathy. So I want gross. to vomit. I think yeah. I was scarred as a kid because my grandmother on my dad's side, my dad's mom, she would run her tongue. This is really going to gross you out. Oh. Underneath her dentures, I guess, to, you know, get something out of there, and her teeth would pop up. And I clean out my teeth. And I, as a child, I didn't know what that was. I'm like, ah! You're the devil. She can do that? Do you guys see this uh, YouTube video? It's a viral video of this. He's a uh, homeless guy, I think, in Florida somewhere where he doesn't have, like, his front teeth. And he's got this mustache, and he runs his tongue along his his yes. front gums, and it looks like a little caterpillar is moving. Really? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. cool. I've See, seen that, it. That's worth having your front teeth bashed out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there are, there's an upside <laughs> yeah. you're to this. It's worth having your teeth punched out with a garbage can. Lid. When I was a lifeguard at this pool, this lady, her name was Ray, she, she's uh, since passed, but she um, her husband talked her into having all of her teeth pulled, and she had dentures from a pretty young age. Did she need to have her teeth pulled, no, or was I, it on a bed? I, no, I think maybe... <laughs> It was, I bet you I can get this chick to put, get all her teeth pulled. I think maybe it was so they didn't have to have any more dental work done. Ever. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's really, that's that's a little too uh, too, uh, too drastic, You'll I think. N- never have a cavity again. By the way, Efferdent. Efferdent, of course. the name of the product. Thank you, texters, for checking in with us on that. By the way, this guy, how we got started on this conversation, Robert R. Taylor, who created Soft Soap in the 1980s. He bought Calvin Klein's cosmetic division, and he and his colleagues made news by rolling out the erotic ad campaign for Obsession Perfume. Obsession. With uh, Kate Moss yeah. naked, yeah. you know, or without without her, without her, her top on, on or anything like that. Yeah. So he not only did Soft Soap, but he, he got involved in that stuff, too. Soft but, Soap. Uh, he was he's seventy seven years old. I don't not sure how he died. A train hit him. A train hit him. He, he used to like to. He, his big favorite hobby was to crush pennies. Right. <laughs> and he would go out on the train on tracks. the train tracks, and uh, uh, they would warn him. Poor man. And his hearing was not all it could have been, and he did not hear the train. <laughs> well, but uh, anyhow, uh, I thought that was an interesting story. I and, got another flat penny. And the fact that this guy was. Uh, was as savvy a businessman as he was. Well, that's impressive. To corner the market against huge companies by doing that uh, is a masterstroke. So we'll take a break, and we'll come back in a moment. (laughs) Stay right where you are. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I've really been looking forward to uh, to talk to uh, Mark Goodman. We we had the opportunity to uh, meet him at the uh, MMRQ when it was uh, MMR's 40th anniversary yeah. party. What a nice guy, man! It was great. Yeah, and uh, came and said hi to us. We chatted for a little while, and uh, I mean, he's got he's got a, a good history to absolutely. talk about. Worked here at the radio station, obviously, and uh, the beginning days of MTV was so important to me, uh-huh. and uh, it's just not what it used to be. Well, it doesn't exist. That, doesn't that exist. form of yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. exist anymore. But uh, there's a book, and it is, uh, the, it's called VJ, The Unplugged Adventures of MTV's First Wave, and as you can imagine, some pretty wild stories <laughs> yeah, about the behind-the-scenes Reading through the book, yeah. Let's get him on the line, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Goodman. Yeah! Hey, Mark, how you doing, man? Good morning. Preston and Steve, what's up, you guys? Yo, How's brother, it going? How, how you been, man? 
been really, really awesome. Are you guys guarding the legacy of my old station? <laughs> we that's that is our mission every day. We yeah. always say, "What would Mark Goodman do?" God love you. God love us. <laughs> I have to tell you, Mark, the book is is uh, great. Anecdotally, there's a whole bunch of great stuff. But one thing that did impress me though is you guys were all very talented. You specifically had a very um, rich radio history going into you know the the early days of MTV. But they sort of kept you down, you guys down. They kept you reeled in tightly. Uh, was Am I right in assuming that, that they they really didn't want you to become stars or really become Bob too Pittman, popular? Bob Pittman, who uh, was, is credited with founding MTV, his idea was that, yes, to keep us down, he wanted MTV to be the star and not the five of us. Mm-hmm. Inadvertently, it happened that the five of us did become celebrities during that that time i assume though it was such virgin territory and and you were on i believe you're on wplj in new york at the time yeah yeah uh, which would have been a prime you know primo uh gig for anybody in radio right and, and what did you see what did what made you say okay i'm gonna jump into this i have always wanted to be where i thought music was going not where it had been right and PLJ uh, was at that time was was really playing so much music that was older. It was stuff that I had been playing at MMR right. years before that. Uh-huh. So uh, it was like I'm done. I don't need this anymore. And that was what they were doing. Look, they were the number one rock station in New York. Like you say, that that's it. Yeah. If you're in radio, you, there's nowhere else to go. That's the place. But. I was bored and frustrated, and this thing came along. And in fact, there was a friend of mine named Richard Bensavengo who was living in Philly and working at KYW, and I was going to do a video show with him, uh, an hour-long video show that MMR was going to uh, simulcast. That's why really? that never happened. Yeah, because I became music director there and stuff like that. But. Um, well, there, there I had been to do video beforehand. There wow. had been um, flirtations with this because th- those uh, in the in the beginning days, and it's sort of referenced in, in the book. The, the, the concept of, of of videos they were throwaways. They were um, well, they were promotional, promotional in, in nature for, yeah. for, for for radio. Right. Yeah. Basically, they would the right. the record companies would play them for the program directors and and uh, give them an idea of what the artist was all about. And then uh, I guess they made enough of them, and uh, people started to realize that this could be another form of uh, music entertainment. Come on, how smart was Bob Pittman? He got his 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week programming for that channel for free. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. I mean, there there is a genius to it. It it had to though, and, and reading in the book, it had to piss you guys off, as you said. You saw Carson Daly. It was no fault of his own. He came down and just happened to take advantage of, you know, the the new outlook on the way MTV should be conducted. But when you guys were there, on constantly. And then they start having the award shows and things, and you guys aren't running that. They're going outside of MTV to bring in celebrity hosts and stuff. You had to be furious. That first uh, Video Music Awards was uh, definitely a shock to the five of us. Yeah. You know, we were we heard about it, and we were excited. We had heard that Bette Midler and Dan Aykroyd were going to be there, but we didn't know what their function was going to be yet. So we were really thrilled until we got the script. Well, and look, all of us are paging through looking for our names in the script, and just, they weren't there. That, that sucks. sucks. Hey, how tight were you guys, Mark? I mean, because you, you worked separate shifts, I assume. Um, but uh, w- amongst the five of you, were, were you together much? We, Especially in the first few years, uh, uh the first studio that we had, the five of us shared one really small dressing room, <laughs> like the size of, like, a bathroom. Yeah. 
And um, so at, especially at that time, we, we got to be close. Look, we were five strangers, very different. Martha Quinn, who was still uh, in college at, in, at NYU, J.J. Jackson, who was in radio longer than me uh, in Boston and, and out west, and, and Alan Hunter, who was an actor. It was weird. We shouldn't have gotten along, but we are now family. Alan, I thought, was an idiot. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> is that right? I thought, I, he just pissed me off every day. I was like, <laughs> what is he doing here? Wait, Same he, thing with Martha, you know, I was like, come on, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, here, I, you, I, you, I you and JJ that. were the seasoned veterans, you know? We we at least had the idea, we, we knew about music, and Nina was a fan, She yeah. you know, she played the harp she was a musician she knew rockers so she had a better sense of it but you know martha had been doing like an r&b show on the nyu radio station alan you know he was like i like to rock out with pat Metheny." <laughs> 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 and he he sort of approached it like an acting gig didn't he didn't he he, he, he sort of he was married well, he talked really funny in the beginning yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i assume in those days especially when they re- look at there was a whole bunch of stuff decadent stuff going on in the radio radio industry at that time now you're at something that's pretty high profile there are a lot of crazy stories with you and rock stars how i mean did you sort of run the town a little bit at at a point once mtv came on in new york city because for the first year we weren't on there uh once it came on in new york city things really really changed for all of us you know our face became the backstage pass I mean, and there there were drugs, obviously. I mean, that was p- part of the deal too. Oh, it was of the, the 80s, time. Man. How 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 there crazy was, did it get? There were drugs and and no food. No, <laughs> no food. What what are your thoughts on MTV currently? You know, it's just I, I don't have any ill will, and I don't I don't get pissed off or, or or sad about what they're doing now. It doesn't appeal to me. It's not you know, it's not made for me. Yeah, uh, it's made for my daughter, and I used to watch it a bit uh, when she's she's twenty now, but when she was a teenager, and she's watching. You know, 16 and pregnant. Well, I was, you know, kind of watching with her and making sure it was cool. But they did, MTV did what they had to do. They chose not to grow old with their audience. And the, the stuff that they're doing now is, is fine. The audience obviously loves it. I just am sad that they're not leading anymore. No, no. lead. And yeah. it, it, that's why the, the, the MTV Video Music Awards kill me because I don't know of anyone, even, you know, up until the point of the awards, who's actually seen any of these videos they're winning. <laughs> Let me ask you because you would you wouldn't uh, as with a regular DJ who would sit in a studio and let the songs play out. You guys would go in and sort of record your stuff in bulk. How long would it take you to record an average Mark Goodman shift on uh, on MTV? Generally, uh, about maybe forty five minutes. Okay, wow. so, we would just do the wraparound segments, and we had you know five hour shifts. Yeah. I mean, because you, uh, you guys were, as Preston and I were talking about this, you guys were the constant companion of anybody who was into music at that time. And, and, and I mean, you guys were always on. I used to joke that, that I had in my, the time that I was there, which was basically 81 through 88, really, that I was on the air more time than Johnny Carson. <laughs> it's true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mark, I, I see here that the book has a story in it about a $10,000 cross-country haircut that you had. It's so what is that? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you would think working at MTV that you would never hear something like you would have heard from your high school principal. Right. But cut that hair. Yeah. What's the matter with your hair? Yeah. And that was the deal. I had, you know, many people will remember because I had it when I was <laughs> was living in Philly. Yeah, the helmet head. I had the Jufro. Yeah, the Jufro. I was yeah. rocking the Jufro. Yeah. 
And um, they, Bob Pittman and, and uh, some of the others didn't like it. They said, we, you got to get a cut. I refused. We fought. We fought. And they said, finally said, find somebody who you love who will cut your hair. I was, happened to be friendly with Ian Hunter at the time. Oh, yeah. And he has hair like mine. Yes. Jose Bear, who was a... I remember The him. dude with the ponytail. And the hat. Stylist to the stars. The yeah. He would cut, like, Cher's hair. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he cut Ian Hunter's hair. Yeah. Yeah. He has his salon in L.A. So they had to fly me to L.A. first class. <laughs> they had to put me up at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes. And on the day that I was supposed to leave, I lost my wallet, so I had no driver's license, so I couldn't rent a car. <laughs> and I told the VP, I can't, well, I can't go. I, I can't rent a car. And he was like, Pittman's going to kill me, man. You gotta go. You're going. <laughs> and so they rented me a limo. Yeah. They picked me up at the Beverly Hills Hotel, took me over to, to the salon, yeah. waited for me for seven freaking hours while I was in there agonizing over this haircut. Yeah. And then I went out partying with the limo all night. I mean, it was it was a great night. Yeah. <laughs> for a haircut. I love that you did that. Well, listen, I'm dying to read the book. I want to see all these uh, these stories because I know this. What, what an, a, a turbulent, awesome time. Yeah. Uh, in, in it was pop great culture fun, music. you know, and yeah. I and I hope that people like it. There's you get to know us better than ever. And JJ Jackson, who uh, legend way before we did all this, is represented in the book, and people have been digging it. I'm really delighted. No, the reviews awesome. are great, and it's uh, it's definitely one that a lot of people are going to want to pick up. All right, thanks, Mark. Good luck with everything. All right, love you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> we love Mark mom too. Yeah. Right. See you later, man. He did have a an awesome Jufro, complete Jufro back man. in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Case, you know what you want. To might try sometime soon is the uh, the classic Tom Papa look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Because the receding <laughs> thing just might work for you, right? Well, Tom Papa's here. Yeah! <laughs> it's nice of you to point out that I've actually planned my receding. <laughs> this it's is all by choice. It's an active look. <laughs> yeah. That you've gone after. No one ever takes claim of that, and I think that's a new yeah. way to go. No, this is all. This was planned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I could have less forehead, but. Not I think the chicks like for him. Although I tell you what, Tom, Casey did what I still claim to be one of the greatest gifts that anybody has ever given me. And it was around Christmas time. And Casey went and he got his hair cut like the full missing top part. Uh, the nail pattern baldness. Nice. Yes. Grew a mustache. It was, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life. It is a great gift. Tom, I have a question. You were just talking about your daughter's birthday today. Happy. Yes. yes. <laughs> and she's turning eight years old. Yes. Happy eight. birthday to me. <laughs> yes. Eight years old today. Uh, what's her name? Charlotte. 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 Yes. That's a beautiful name. Is that uh, from Charlotte's Web? Uh, no, she's actually reading that right now. Okay, yeah. Because she uh, just learned to read. And uh, <laughs> she's a little slow, but she's eight. And uh, it was my grandmother's name was Charlotte. Okay. Oh, that's that's, nice. kind of, that's a name that's becoming popular. Yeah. Again. Well, I did see, and the reason I bring it up is they've they've come out with the um, top baby names of the yeah. year. Uh -huh. right, this is the according to the Social Security Administration yesterday. So this isn't a poll. This is no, this is legitimately the, the most popular names. And when it comes to boy names, for the 14th year in a row... Whoa. There's been a leader? There's been a leader for, for 14, 14 years? Would you... You probably... You're looking at it. Jebediah. You know, would you Would you guess? Would you guys Jacob. be able to guess? It is. It's is Jacob. It? Yes. Jacob. Well done, Jack. It's such a, such a biblical name. Well, I have... My, my son has 
four friends that are named Jake. Really? And we have to call yeah. them by first and last name because there's, so they know. there's no way to tell the difference. Tom, my, my husband is a principal and we we always talk about names uh-huh. and it's like, I, I know the trend in names. He's like, oh, I have, you know, 15 Sophias, 10 Olivias. <laughs> yeah, right. by the way, Olivia was pretty by popular. the way, Sophia is number one. Is it really? It, yes. That has, yeah. has that women. Been, wow. Has that been number one a couple of years too? Uh, at least up there. At least Madison's in, been up there. Um, it's got to be because of the Golden Girls. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. imagine it. The, the stranglehold it has on pop culture. But I'd like to start the campaign now for people to stop naming their sons Jacob. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be too many of them. How about Moab? Yeah. Uh, you know. My son's best friend's name is Jake and straight up Jake. It's not Jacob or anything like that. It was just Jake. That's right. good. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like I mean Jake is a name that I my my uh, neighbors across the street their son is is Jake I like it I think it's Max. a great name but Max just, is a good name there's going to be too many of them especially yeah. if you're the driver for the hearts Jacob yeah if you're what <laughs> heart to heart remember that <laughs> Max Max Mrs. Hart she's a piece of air oh my God what I no but I it. we were conscious of like when naming the kids it was. What is really trendy, and then like you think you're coming up with something original, and then it's like, oh, and then you meet five Charlottes at preschool, and you're like, yeah. oh. did you did you put the names through the schoolyard punky kids test? Where how are they going to well, contort this? No, it didn't really matter because yeah. our last name's Papa. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you're you're dead anyway. Right, What's right, your yeah. other daughter's name? Um, Max. <laughs> Max Maxine. <laughs> no, she's Angelina. Okay. Which we took okay. from the Louis Prima song. Oh. I ate antipasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's great. So we always love that song, That's so we named tune. her Angelina. That's cute. And then, and I, if it was a boy, I wanted to go with Charlie. Okay. I always like that name. You Charlie. know, Charlie's a good name for girls, too. Well, my Charlotte gets yeah, Charlie. You can call her okay. Charlie. But every time I try, it gets shot down pretty quick. It didn't quick. go over well. No. <laughs> I'm not a boy. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Daddy? Daddy, leave me alone. I'm not a boy. <laughs> well, let me, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the top ten of the boys' names. It's Jacob, Mason, Ethan. Mason? Uh, yes, James Mason. That's right. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, then you have Noah, William, Jeez. Liam, Everyone's Jade, so pretentious. Jaden. There is a lot of... Jaden is Jayden. from Will Smith. Jaden, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... But I, I'm surprised at, at the... Wait, but that's... Jaden is a boy? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought that was a girl's name. No, Jaden is... Um, I think it can be. What about Tom and Bob <laughs> and Steve? Steve. Yeah. yeah. Frank. Doug. Tony. Doug. 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 Men. Defiantly. <laughs> Guys with, with grease on their hands. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Jaden doesn't want to help us because <laughs> he has a peanut allergy. <laughs> 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 just described half the kids in the Delaware Valley. Jaden can't get his car started because his battery ran out, and he doesn't know how to open the hood. Poor Jaden. Maybe Jacob could help. <laughs> I don't know, guys. We're going to have to call Ethan. He doesn't know how to do it either, but his dad is in sales. <laughs> and maybe he knows a guy. God. I know. We're doomed. You're if the exactly Chinese right. ever try and take us over, we're just going to be like, all right, just give us a place to lay down. We're not going to fight. I can't be attacked. I can't fight the Chinese. They have gluten all over them. I can't do this. 
Where's Ethan? <laughs> well, number eight is Michael, and then nine is Alexander, and then ten is Aiden. Yeah, a lot of them so kind of Ethan, rhyme, too. Aiden, Jacob, Mason, they all have that. I think um, I, there was to be a brother, there would have been a brother between myself and my older brother who would have been a Bart. Hmm. Bart's, Bart's good one. Steve and Bart. Steve and Bart. I could have been Bart. But if you if you if you guys were playing baseball and the parents are out in the up in the stands and you yell out, "Let's go, Steve! Get a hit!" Right? Yeah. Come on, Bart, lay one down. Yeah, yeah. Aiden, <laughs> do your best. <laughs> swing, <laughs> swing, Ethan, swing. <laughs> it sounds more like you're cheering the Liberace movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, you know, it doesn't matter now because everyone gets a trophy. Everyone wins. They don't keep score. <laughs> right. We're it's all no problem. special. Yeah. It's a game ball after every game. Absolutely. <laughs> everyone goes to the pizza party. Well, they all get a, a, a snack ticket after the games yep. and practices now. That's kind of cool. I, we, we would get our asses chewed out. If, yeah. I mean, you know, what the, what the hell was that? Yeah, you'd be humiliated. Yeah, yeah. it would be yeah, like uh, as, if, as if you're being drummed out of the core. Yeah, your dad would be like, look at those kids over there. You know why they have ice cream? Because they won. <laughs> now get in the car. No, you're not getting a soda. Get in the car. Now, it's a, big, now it's a big ice cream party. Yeah. And everyone goes. And it was like, we're all Oh, yay, we're all getting, we, we, yeah. we all have a chocolate sundae. Well, did you win, Ethan? No, we lost by 100 points. It was so humiliating. But this ice cream sandwich is delicious. Oh God, that is so right. And there's not won. even a sense of humiliation. No. It, 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 None. It's just par for the course. None. Yeah. You don't want it bad enough. No. Yeah. Oh no one's God. raised their kids like this. We're completely living their lives for them. And it's yeah. failing them. It's really failing them. Sure. There's reports of kids going to uh, college now, and they're depressed because they don't know how to do anything for themselves. Mm. They're literally like, I can't, my bed's still not made. <laughs> when I was at home, I'd get Mickey Mouse pancakes, and my bed would be made. <laughs> now, what is happening? We just made fun of my brother. He's uh, 22 years old, and he we could hear him on the phone with my mom, and he wanted my mom to drive completely out of her way to come into the city to drop him off a black t-shirt because he couldn't find his black t-shirt. I 22? I picked up the phone. I was like, "There, you you live in the city. There's got to be a Walmart or a Target within like, you know, arm's yeah, length of you. Yeah, exactly. Go and get a black t-shirt. He's like, put her back on the phone. I'm not talking to you. I want my mommy to yeah. drop it off. <laughs> I can get one at the at Banana Republic, but it won't smell like my mommy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not going to look right in law. Class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I won't look good for my re- my job review. Yeah, yeah, I'll get the t-shirt, but I won't get a good luck kiss from mom. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to score in this meeting if I don't get a good luck kiss from my mommy? Wow. But uh, Murph and Michelle here, they, they uh, already have their, their baby name picked out, and I've never, ever heard of it before. What's the name? Yeah, say it. Sersha. Sersha. I have heard Sersha. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of it. Try to spell yeah, it. The movie uh, Willow. One of the main characters' name was Saoirse. And Return to Saoirse. That's a good name. Saoirse, because there isn't another one. Yeah. It's like a unicorn. Right. right. Your child's going to be like a magical unicorn. <laughs> I'm going to have a play date with Saoirse. Does he really exist? <laughs> 
<laughs> sure you are, hon. You're going to play with Sersha. <laughs> Growing up with a unique name, I, I did not like it uh, until I became an adult. I hated being Preston. I, I didn't like it at all. I wanted to be John, Dave, Steve, yeah. Dale, Jeff. But now... That would be a long name, though. But I, now no, you no. own it. Now I own it. Yeah, yeah now it's like, you're damn right. I'm appreciative of it. I hated not... my name growing up because it rhymes with way too many derogatory yeah, right. <laughs> I always wanted to be Sarah. Whenever I'd make like I call if I call my friend just to joke around, I'd be like, "Hi, it's Sarah." I, Are you Kathleen? You're Kathleen. I'm right? Kathleen. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually just talking the other day with one of my friends. There's. There's no little kids named Kathy. Most of them are yeah. Catherine or Kathleen, and they're called by their full name. Nobody really shortens like to Kathy anymore. Yeah. I wonder why. Songs about you Kathy. Sing, singing that song into your hairbrush yeah. as a kid. Oh, <laughs> oh I did. You just, oh, you just hit it on the head. What? What did I say? Uh, what did I say? She, we have video of her singing uh, to Belinda Carlisle into a hairbrush. Yeah, into, into a, a hairbrush. hairbrush. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Used to put on shows in my living room. Uh, yeah, oh. that kicks ass. I can see it. Oh, here you go. Show Tom the video. <laughs> Uh, I want to take another break. Tom Papa is hanging out yeah. with us. Yes, indeed. We'll be right back. Stay there. What's new? Why do you ask? Cage the elephant. Call me when you're ready to be real. Lurkin' Poe. Rival Sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Because there was a woman that we met that had a, uh, I guess, a secret to share with you. Yeah, I mean, it was really, really bizarre how the topic had come up as she was wearing like a Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt. And I was, you know, asking where Piglet was because my daughter, you know, she's got this Piglet that she uh, uses as like a whoopee type of deal. But she, you know, holds my daughter, who's four, holds Piglet's ear and then sucks her thumb with that with that same hand and then the lady goes yeah i do that too and i thought she was saying oh i you know i used to do that and i go oh you used initially like, no 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 i still do that so this lady who is 45 years old still sucks her thumb all the time like, she was there with her husband she okay was there with her husband. He, 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 he backed it up he's like yep all the time mm-hmm. sucks her thumb like, like just bo- out of curiosity does she have does she have like buck teeth or anything no. like that okay. no I mean, I surprisingly not. It's yeah. a rumor. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think the buck teeth thing. I don't she's cross-eyed, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, listen, I was a I was a thumb sucker for a long time. I, you know, it was just something that, that I couldn't shake. And then eventually I got braces. <clears throat> and the braces, you know, obviously moved my teeth. And the my thumb just didn't work anymore. It, yeah. it just doesn't fit. And I've actually tried a couple of times just to see. It's just not the same. Um it's just, okay. I lost it. And and by the way, Steve, he was he was having a, a full on conversation with this lady, and I heard you say it. You were like, "Man, I wish I could still do that." <laughs> I do. Really? Was, yeah. Because you know what? The Why res- do you wish you still sucked your thumb? Any of you guys a thumb or finger sucker or anything? No, no. not to the best of my recollection. But I, I can't remember anything before the age of nine. I can't because <laughs> you're a celebrity, right? Now. That's yeah. right. Yes. Um. No, I, I I can't describe it, but there was just this this odd sense of security that it would. It would give me, and and I, you know, well, some, you were teething. Well, no, right? No, no. Listen, I I sucked my thumb until eighth grade. Till eighth grade. What? Yeah. Wow. 
Eighth what? Mm-hmm. Eighth grade? That's like 15 years old. Yeah. No, it's 13. But regardless. No, it's not. Well, yes, it right. is. 14, 15. Wow. 13, anyway, that's a- thir- 13, I have a seventh 14. grade who's 13. Anyhow. Uh, I was 14 years old when I stopped. It really? Yeah. Well, actually, no. No, it was before. I was 13 when I Would stopped. Would you ever lapse into it? Not realizing you were doing it in uh, public? In school? Oh, yeah, I in remember school? I remember at one point I was in the playground. Uh, during, it was uh, a field day. And I was just sitting there, like totally zoned out. Boom, just sucking my thumb. And I look over, and there are these sixth graders who were looking at me oh, like, ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, are you, what are you looking at? But there was a girl that I went all through high school Can't with. Can a 15-year-old suck his thumb? <laughs> uh, she, was a, she sucked her two fingers. And all the way, you know, we graduated in 93 in senior year. Today she was, that woman is Jenna Hayes. No, she, was, uh, <laughs> she would suck her fingers. Uh, and wow. I, who knows, maybe she still does. But uh, at 18, she was sucking her fingers. There are a lot of people call, uh, texting in that say they do it. I'm 45, I suck my thumb what? too. Don't say my name. Uh, my wife's 25, still sucks her thumb. Uh, there are a bunch of them coming in. This they, one says they stopped when they were 14. I saw a um, on the TLC show, Preston, I guess that's all OCD stuff and, and uh, you know, people who eat like sofa cushions and all that stuff. They had one woman who was doing it and she she would do things to stop herself, like put foul tasting things on her mm-hmm. thumb yep. and she couldn't break the habit. There was actually my uh, my sister would bite her nails a lot and uh, there was a uh, a special nail polish. Yes, I remember that. Clear coat nail polish. It tasted horrible. My cousins had to use it. Yeah. And And, and so what's the taste? It's just almost acidic. Yeah. And and, uh, just foul, you know? I mean, it's just something that is unpleasant. And it didn't, didn't, did it work? No, no. She still, she still did it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Let me go to Amy. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Hey, you guys are globs of fun. (laughs) We are globs of fun. Thank you. What's happening, Amy? I did suck my thumb, and I don't really remember how old I was. I know. That I got to when I was in grade school, I, could, I would not do it during the day. But when I would be asleep, I would do it without realizing it. So I started, I had to tape my thumb to my forefinger, and then I started sucking the other one. So I went through this whole process of having to tape my thumb to my forefinger, and then I would have my mom do the other one for me. And that's how I had to break myself of doing that. Wow. How, how long did it take you to break the habit, do you think, Amy? Um, it seems like it was a few weeks. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just... Quit doing, you know, I just had her keep doing it and doing it till I figured I wasn't doing it anymore at night. <laughs> Amy, let me ask you, like Casey said, for some reason, even though you were, how old were you when you? I was in grade school, but I mean, I oh. probably was, I don't know, third or fourth grade. Okay, so you're like that's 15. Not, that's, yeah. No, that's not too bad. I was just wondering if, if you recall a, a sense of security that, that Casey is Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, well. I don't want to get into it. My kids listen. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, okay. No all right. So it's Thanks, weird. And, and I don't know if Amy or anybody else can, can commiserate here, but, you know, so I would suck my thumb, but <laughs> at night, no. I'm sorry. No. The same hand. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought it was the other hand. But at night, like if- Look, I, I'm a teapot. If I wanted to kick the thumb sucking into high gear- I would twirl my hair. Like, oh, well, you know what? My yes. God, stop Casey. and think about this, Casey. Yeah, you do, that's you, infantile. You have oral fixation. But so what? Yeah, like, well, and that's why, like this lady I was talking to on Friday night, I was a little bit jealous of her uh, you, because I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, well listen, you're an adult. So what? What do you? What's wrong with it? His point is, if it if it gives you comfort, right, and you're able to manage it, right, why would it be an issue? Like I have a friend well, who's. I still, understand what you're saying. You're from your point. You're like, 
wait a second. I'm an adult. I've yeah. elected to suck my finger yeah. simply because society indicates it's something kids do. Right. Do I have to stop? I'm not wetting my bed or right. anything. You know. The, but like, I have a friend who um, he he likes to put his. Two fingers. He likes to put them in the butt, right? No. <laughs> no. Stop oh, with that. Nothing with the butt. Okay. Uh, with his pillowcase. So he likes to have the pillowcase in between his two fingers, and he like rubs it back and forth. And he's been doing that since he was a, a baby. And you know, he's he's an adult now. It, it's sort of similar. <clears throat> It, what they, well, Steve, I think you got it right. It's it's what society says, and, that, right, and right. that's what it, like that. My reaction to Casey is no, that's what babies do, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's same thing with like a stuffed animal. You know what I mean? Like I had a friend in college who still slept with a stuffed animal. Of course, we tortured her all through four years we were there. But now was it? It was not simply the way girls just have stuffed animals on their bed. No, this girl she, had we went, a security. A, a security. It was um. Oh, what are, what were those things? Care Bears. And yeah. we we went away to spring break. We were four girls on spring break, like right. wild partying, having a great time. And she would come home at night and snuggle with her Care Bear. Wow, <laughs> wow. I just you know, Casey saying so what? I and, and yes, it's a society thing. But can you imagine a. Uh, you know, an executive sitting at the boardroom table, yeah. and uh, he's got a decision to make, and, and all of a sudden he's got to take a, a moment to think, and he starts sucking his thumb and twirling his hair. It would be weird. It'd be a little what weird. What if, though, with, <laughs> with, what about if, because of the comfort that that gives him, he makes an incredible decision that puts the company well ahead of the competition? Right. It just puts you into a good place. I, 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 I really, I can't describe. It. I think you'd have a harder time dealing with butt stuff. Right, that would be at the in the boardroom. Right. Yeah. Let me go to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. good. What's happening? Hey, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm in my fifties, and I had a one of my six roommates at college. She would, if you sat next to her, she would suck her thumb and reach over and play with your earlobe. With your earlobe? With our earlobe. That's um, <laughs> that's a little freaky. It's kind of awesome. And we weren't drinking or partying. She would do it stone cold sober. She would just reach over and play with your earlobe. Now that's just come on, man. I mean, that's you know that's getting in your personal space. Did you guys say anything to her about it? Well, we used to crack up laughing and not sit next to her. All right. That's then. a that's a listen. Did she seem a little off? Now she's actually a very productive uh, maniac. Now, no, she's a school teacher now. I haven't talked to her in years, but I would venture to say that she is still sucking her thumb. I think. Thanks, I think Lisa. if you're doing it to yourself, you're sucking your thumb. You're playing with your mm-hmm. own earlobe when you reach over and start grabbing someone else's stuff. Yeah, that's where it becomes assault. But I just remember, as a thumb sucker, it was more of a problem for everybody else than it was for me. I remember my third grade teacher. Of course, it is. she you would like bribe it. us. You know, well, what with, about? Yeah. Well, what about it? What if? Since you say it provides you with comfort, what's prohibiting you from doing it now? And it could you, in fact, feel- start like a cigar club, but for thumb suckers? <laughs> right. I'm going to go uh, after work for a quick suck. I'll be home. Uh, it's guys guy sitting around guys- playing poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just sitting there with their cards right. in one hand and thumb in the other. Uh-huh. Preston, on a big- yeah, wait, wait, a double the blinds on this one. A big leather barca lounger with the Wall Street <laughs> right. Journal. I just stuck my thumb in my mouth and that felt weird. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't you know, feel it, right It anymore. gives me a chill oh. down my spine. Everybody listening right now, if you're in the car, whatever, stick your thumb in the mouth. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I just want people to look next to you and see you <laughs> sucking on your thumb. I mean, see the bitches, this is my butt thumb. <laughs> <laughs> and go to your left. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 
I, you know what, my my initial reaction. I don't like if, it. If I were to see my kids or anything like that, it would be almost to smack their hand and say, "Stop that! Stop it! Don't do that!" Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And I don't know. Gonna, I think it's cute. And eventually, if, if you suck on it too long, it's going to get it all raw and stuff. Well, and also, nasty. I think there's a point to be made here that the sucking of the thumb, mm-hmm. the thumb needs when you close down on your thumb, you're past the actual first. Knuckle, yeah. right? Yeah. You go all the way in. All the way back. So you're hitting the more tender part of the thumb as opposed to the calloused, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now why are you looking at me? I don't suck my thumb. <laughs> Come on, cat. I mean, it does fit in there nicely. It, it, oh, it fits I perfectly. Don't, I, don't I don't like it, though. Yeah. But Preston, you said then it'll get deformed. My my niece, who is uh, only one at this point, basically they've the doctors oh, have told yeah. her that her nail will... Won't gr- will never grow uh, correctly now because of it. I mean, she she sucked yeah. her thumb constantly. That it it it's raw, it's torn apart, and now the nail is yeah. basically deformed. Kathy, there was a text that came in and said they used to suck their thumb until their nail fell off. Yeah, well, and that's, that's when they quit doing it. Kind of. Like Why hers. does your nail fall off? Because right, I guess you the... kind of gnaw on it a little bit, or well, it's just wet all the time. Yeah. you know, I mean, it's going to cause some problems. And plus, there's a mild bit of. You know, in your saliva, I mean, it's made to break down food. Yeah, well, and think, so. think about when you're in the shower, your nails get softer. It's true. So, you know, if it's constantly moist. Let me go to... Uh, I can't believe I used that word. You said moist. Uh-huh. Constantly <laughs> moist. She brought up something, moist. though. My little thing is that I will... A lot of times I get... I don't do this, the thumb sucking, but in the shower, I will eat the uh, the hair in that trap. And- oh, yeah. Hi, Vanessa. Hey, You're on the air. God. Hey, thank you, Vanessa. Hey. What's happening? Uh, right we were in California years ago visiting my mother-in-law's family, and her cousin had, she was either two or three, he used to have to sit on his mother's lap and suck her thumb to go to bed. He would suck his mother's thumb? Yes. He would sit on her lap and suck her thumb every that's, time he had to awful. go to bed or take a nap. That's something that the mom let happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you talk about, like, binkies and, and teething uh, stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, that's... If, if, you, if you start letting your child suck on your fingers, come on, then they're going to do it. You but know? you know and what? It, it answers a question that I had, which was, for me... Two birds what, fly upside down. What, was it a thumb thing or a, or a mouth thing? What do you think it is? It, well, it's, it's obviously a mouth, a mouth thing. thing. Yeah. And because, but also, would you say that um, with cigarette smoking or things over the years, that's an oral fixation, correct? Yes, possibly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's that, definitely but you, part you also, of it. And you do say you, you pick your nose a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So that's another... That's another <laughs> That's another fixation that you have. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh let me see here. Which one do you want me to go? Well, Thumb sucking or security blankets? Well, yeah, cuz we've got a bunch of adults who still sleep with blankets. All so. right, we'll go to some of those. Let me go to uh Megan. Hey Megan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Ted Dukes? Ted Dukes. What's happening, Megan? <laughs> Not much. Um I actually was a thumbsucker with a security blanket. Probably until I was in fourth or fifth grade. I actually used to paint my nails except for my thumb that I used to suck. But that's also how I quit sucking my thumb is I would uh, paint my that thumb and stop sucking my thumb. But I still sleep with a security blanket. You still sleep (laughs) with a security blanket. Okay. The same one? I'm not a fan, but I don't like snuggle with it, but it's under my pillow at all times. Well, wait, Megan. Is this one you've had for years? Yes, it's actually one I was I had when I was born. When you were born? Wow. Yeah, so it's 25 years old. Wow. Do you, find, do, do you take it on vacations with you? Uh, I do not. Okay. Do you send uh, it on vacation by itself? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good college with me, and, um, you know, I still had it for a while. Right. I mean, I still have it now. So you could you could sleep without it then? I could. 
could, yeah. but for okay. some reason it brings me comfort, especially thunderstorms. I do not like thunderstorms. Do you, do you get if you don't like thunderstorms? Do you get nervous um, when the the uh, when it's not there? Um, in certain situations, sometimes yeah. If I'm by myself, I I usually have it right. out. Say you were in bed and there was a masked gunman in the room. Would mm-hmm. would you be nervous if the blanket wasn't there? Blanket would save me from a mask. Okay, all right. No, it's it's weird how that happens. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what. When you do end up going away to college, you have to hide that thing because if the the other people find out about it, it becomes a target, and people will joke. It was hidden in my pillowcase when I was in college. It was hidden, so no one ever knew. Did you? You you never told anyone. No. And you would would you have been totally embarrassed if someone had found out? Uh, probably. But not embarrassed. But people would probably try and take it. And, like, hide it from you and stuff. Yeah, probably. That's yeah. the beauty of the thumb. Well, yeah. You can't take that away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unless you get hooked up with the mob. And but your butt. It's always yeah. there. Yeah. I got to tell you, in my household, you know, my, you. my youngest, she's got her thumb, but she's also got this piglet. And some nights, man, it is such a pain in the ass because we don't know where piglet is. And she can't oh, go know. to bed without piglet. We have piglet, too. Have you but ever piglet, be- too, doesn't really cut oh, the mustard. Have not- you ever been able to pull off her going to sleep without piglet? Mm, very, very rarely. Yeah, see, I'm uh, Casey. While I commiserate, and if it's bedtime and we can't find it, I'm like, look, you're going to have to sleep without it tonight. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Good night. I'm going wow, to bed. Oh, daddy's a dick. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know? Daddy needs to sleep. Well, Come you know what? To entertain Casey... thousands of people. <laughs> Casey... Daddy's a star, hon. You said, I hope you understand. You said that the second piglet isn't, even though it's the same thing, it's not as good. And mm-hmm. it's so true. We have uh, Monkey, and I bought a couple of them just for that reason in case it got lost. Yes, or, I'm here to see James. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but it's not the same. It's not as worn. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he doesn't like it as much. I don't remember what my, my th- if I had a whoopee yeah. uh, or a, a toy that, that was my favorite Thing to bring to bed. I don't. Do you remember? Oh, Did yeah. you have anything? Mine, mine was a Sesame Street blanket. No, I never had any of it. I didn't suck my thumb. I didn't suck my finger. But my my youngest brother Josh uh, McElwain, who works at the Realtor Landscaping, <laughs> had a, he sucked his, his pointer finger, and uh, he. But he had a Snoopy blanket, and uh, Casey, much like Piglet, he would lose them. Oh. And and so my dad one time drove to like Bordentown, New Jersey, to find a replacement because he it was just he was throwing a fit. And when we moved, when we finally when we finally moved out, they were like. Eight Snoopy blankets underneath his bed, like tucked away in the corner. You know, they just fell behind somewhere. But yeah, so he was. You were able to pull the switcheroo where he would accept that it was the Snoopy blanket in question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me go to uh, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Good morning. Morning. Hey, what's happening, Dustin? Yeah, my my girlfriend is twenty five. Well, my fiance. Sorry, she um she got this blanket when she was young, and she snuffed. She sniffs it, she huffs it, she rubs it on her lips. She does all kinds of weird stuff what? with that thing. Still? It's, it's very strange. Dustin, is she a freak in the sack? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. Uh, yes. there, there is, well, Thanks. there's, it's tactile. It's, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I get it. Steve, I had Marissa grab this clip from the movie The Producers. I don't know yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I love it. <laughs> My 
Is he sucking his thumb? No, he's, 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 he's rubbing it on, it on his face. face. <laughs> it's his blanket. And Tiro is looking at him. It's his security blanket. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like people touching my blue blanket. <laughs> it's not important. It's a minor compulsion. I can deal with it if I want to. It's just that I've had it ever since I was a baby, and I find it very comforting. <laughs> I love the beginning of that. And so <laughs> He tries to calm him down. He's in the corner screaming, and he, and he goes, ah, ah, and he goes, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm angry, I'm out of control, I'm out of control, and then he throws the water in his face. He goes, I'm wet, I'm wet, and I'm out of control. <laughs> My blanket, my blue blanket, give me my blue blanket. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, I guess that's right in line awesome. with what we're talking about. Yeah, let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, good morning. Hey, hey. Guys. what's up, buddy? Rock and roll. Hey, uh, yeah, as a kid, I used to sleep with one of those baby blankets that had satin on it, and I rubbed it between my fingers, loved it, the coolness Did of it. Did you say it had patent on it? Satin. satin. Oh, here's your blanket. When you stick your hand into your best friend's blanket, <laughs> then you'll know how to fight, because it's got satin on the edge. Feels so yeah. good. Where's my woman? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so so satin. I I know you. Those those right. stuff made for kids is so soft, soft and right. nice. Yeah. Exactly. So when God it was damn cool, right. you'd rub your fingers through it. It was great. So then I got away with it, grew up, and this and that. So got married, and my wife used to hear so much about it because I used to tell her oh, I love the satin. I used to rub it through my fingers. So one year at Christmas, as a joke. She gets me a baby blanket with satin. Now I'm addicted to the damn thing, and I can't get rid of it. I sleep with the damn thing. You have a new one, Scott. Yes, I have a new one. I'm 42 years old. It's pretty sad and pathetic. Scott, if it helps you sleep, and as to Casey's point, what what's wrong with it? If you if you if you enjoy it yeah. and it provides you hey. a secure sleep and you feel good about it. Roll with it. Now that I'm okay with. I just the the sucking the thumb thing. I, I no, what about I, crapping in your pants? I have an issue with no, that. No, that I don't do anymore. Okay. I stopped that about two years about ago. Two years. <laughs> Thank you Scott. for your 40th yeah, yeah, birthday. Yeah, you I'm, I'm making changes. Thank you, Scott. Now I had my security blanket when I was a kid had a little satin uh, trim on it, and I loved it. It was that was it. It was so soft. It was pleasurable to the touch. Yeah, it was it, nice. It brings back memories. I mean, memories before you're probably even able to fully remember. You know, everything. Uh, hang on, let me go to Michaela here real quick. Hi, Michaela, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's happening? Um, nothing much, driving to work. Well, nice. what, uh, tell um, us your story. Yeah, I just wanted to share, I have actually, uh, I come from a family of thumb suckers, and my husband was actually a thumb sucker. Mm-hmm. He still twirls his hair, especially when he, like, relaxes, when he sits down to watch TV or just stops in his tracks. He does constantly he, twirls his hair. Does he suck his thumb and twirl his hair simultaneously? He doesn't suck his thumb anymore. Okay. <laughs> but, um, he's 34, and my dad is 58, and he still um, scratches the blanket when he's watching television like he did when he sucked his thumb. Huh. And my little brother was a thumb sucker, and like you were talking about the, the nails, um, his his one thumbnail is completely different from the other one because mm-hmm. he sucked his thumb. From chronic sucking. I believe that. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a pediatric nurse. So I like as far as like, you know, the social stigma, I just I feel like, um, you know, if it gives you comfort, you can't take a thumb away. So, you know, why not? So, so you're you're on board with the notion that even if you're an adult and you want to suck your thumb, I mean, I, I think that you can stop yourself in public. 
Catholic, but right. I think, you know, I mean, it's it like, you know, the blankie thing. And I mean, if it gives you comfort and helps you sleep, I mean, why not? It's, okay. Even with my kids, I don't take their binkies away. My daughter's four. I, won't, I don't let her suck it in public, but at nighttime, if it puts her to sleep, She's getting it. <laughs> I'm I'm, re- I'm racking my brain. I'm I'm ra- I'm really having a hard time coming up with a, a good reason for people not to suck their thumbs as adults. I I right? can't, I can't like <laughs> other than societal pressure. Yeah. What's wrong with it? If like, you go and you clean your, your hand <laughs> and you set like Preston, but would you, let's say you don't do it all the time. You have your your thumb sucking club where you go to after, after <laughs> the other guys are there and you walk in. I mean sure. they say hey hey cool good to see you. Um, <laughs> In the background, you talk about sports, but no one understands each other because their thumbs are in their mouth. Uh, I just think it's infantile. You know, it is. It is. But there are a lot of things that are infantile. Like what? Uh, that we still do outwardly. I don't know. Wearing a diaper to work and stuff. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other infantile well, things that we do, but like we all throw uh, tantrums, you know, and, and maybe not in an infantile way. But I was thinking about this yesterday. I saw this kid who I was at my my son's uh, football party was last night. And this kid was walking out. He's like, I wanted to do this again. And I was like, oh, this little kid. And I'm like, wait a second. I do that. I do that from time, you know, you know, especially, and I was thinking of it like this way. If you're at a bar with your spouse, and this has happened to me, you know, yeah. many times where it's 10 o'clock, I still want to stay. My wife says, no, it's time to go. Well, I want to go. I want to do a shot before I leave. <laughs> do you cry? Do you cry on the floor so she has to drag you out? No. Dude, my absolute favorite kind of tantrum, though, and I'll have to do a demonstration of this here in the studio, <laughs> is uh, is the um, is the simultaneous, it's like miniature jumping, and the head bobs up and down like, I know the woman. When they start right, yeah. that, uh-huh. I, that cracks me up. Especially I, in adults. Oh, God, I, I kicked the pillow funny. last night. I had a little mini tantrum last night. I kicked the pillow. Get out. Yeah. Get out of your pillow. <laughs> um, I don't know. So you're actually making a case, Nick, for thumb sucking? No, I'm not. Like, it's not for me. He's saying he, he, but he's I understand finding it hard to point. find a reason to not, if you if it rocked, if it floats your boat, right? I, I just, I'm trying to figure out a reason why it's wrong. I don't know. Somebody pointed out that I eat scabs, so you know I'm a bit of a, I'm a hypocrite. Well, yeah. the scab is a, is a, it would be along the line of the I think thumb sucking, nose picking. Yeah. It's yes. the same deal. It's yeah. probably not good for your thumb. It's probably not good for your teeth or your gum line. But like there are plenty of you know neither smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know. And we allow that in society. Line, can you go to line seven? Because I, uh, I yeah. don't know if that's true or not. What the hell? All righty, <laughs> let me do that. I'm going to go to Eddie. Eddie, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? These guys rock. Hey, oh, Eddie, what did you want uh, to admit to us? So my mother used to get silk lingerie, and I would always go in her closet and steal it, and she would come into bed when I was asleep in the bedroom, and I would have it in my mouth, suck it on it. I would have three or four different pieces of lingerie at one time. So you would suck on your mother's lingerie? Yes, I would steal it out of her closet, brand new lingerie, expensive stuff, just because it was silk. Hey, is now your name is Eddie? Is that short for Oedipus by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I did that, man. When up until I was about nine years old. (laughs) Wow. So and and so she would she apparently after a while realized there were teeth marks and wet spots on all her lingerie. After a while, she just stopped even trying to take it from me because I would have four or five of them bundled up with me, and one of them she told me one night she came in. And she seen a piece of it hanging out of my mouth, and when she kept pulling it out, she said the whole thing came out. It was like a like a magic trick. <laughs> yeah, pretty Did much. Did she ever come in and say, you know, it doesn't have to stop there? <laughs> oh, oh my God, God. Steve! Stop. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, by the way, Eddie, do you have a do you have a thing about uh, lingerie? No, not no, I don't. As an adult, no. you don't have a sexual uh, attraction no, to I mean, them. I love them. No, I'll eat an occasional them. pair, but I love it. Messed up, but yeah. All right. Thanks, Ed. Well, then I appreciate it. go to number two then, Preston. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to do that. I have an anonymous caller on line two. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, what do you want to tell us? I, I, I used to know a girl who used to sleep with, it's the same thing. She used to sleep with a pair of her mother's silk underwear. At, at what age are we talking here? I mean, we're talking all through middle school and possibly some of high school. I would no. definitely wow. Be yeah. Wow. And she would what she would she do with it? Where would she uh, would she like? Uh, I think it started when she was a baby. She just pulled a pair out of the. It was clean. I mean, she pulled a pair out of the clean laundry and she would just sleep with it against her face because mm-hmm. she liked the feeling of it. But I, I, I can always, see that. I could. I, I, I mean, couldn't fall asleep just... unless my mom was sitting on my face. So. <laughs> But, I mean, but, I always just thought, couldn't she just give her a blanket or something? Yeah, get buy a silk something blanket. that was a silk yes. blanket. Yeah, yeah, you would think, right. but it, sometimes maybe it's thing. it's the fact that it's your mother's underwear that uh, makes like maternal, right? Oh, yeah. uh, maybe. And yeah. the fact that it might be it's constantly moist. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, so, I can't believe I said that word. Oh, yeah. yes, it's constantly moist. Oh, <laughs> clear as day. That's yeah, that's clean. Uh, one last call, because I have a pathologist. By the way, you notice nobody's putting their dad's shorts on their face. <laughs> Hi, uh, Melissa, you're on the air. Hey, yeah, I'm a speech-language pathologist. Oh, okay. And um, I was just listening, and Preston said something like, you know, you can't see why adults, any reason other than the social piece. Why, no, that wasn't me. That was Nick. Nick. Nick I'm totally Nick against thumb-sucking by adults, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um you know, it, it really is terrible for your teeth, and it's terrible for your speech. And there's so many parents walking around letting their kids suck their thumbs or with binkies to, like, age five, which is just ridiculous. And they all have frontal lists. They all need dental work. But you know, know what? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone had a binky, and there's, there's <laughs> He's no issue. He speaks well, completely you know, maybe that's the one <laughs> By the way, it's it's harder, Melissa. I can't just say, if, you know, if you got a five-year-old and they're sucking their thumb, and you, you may have tried many, many times to keep them from doing this, and it's easier said than done. Uh, you're because, right. I, I mean, you know, like like you're saying, you can take a, a security blanket away, but you can't take the thumb away, so. I had a cousin who sucked her thumb until she was, like, 13, and I remember them painting her thumb with, like, disgusting-tasting stuff, mm. and, you know, it, it is hard. I'm not, and I'm... You know, you feel like a real jerk taking the binky away, and I don't know how you stop the thumb sucking, but it's got to stop. Yeah. All right, thank you. You better build a line somewhere. Okay. Right. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate Do it. Do they make binkies that are actually like rubber thumbs? Mm, probably. Tell you what, they now make really funny binkies. I don't know if you've seen them with these mouths. The on. mouths, they're oh, hilarious. Yeah. I wish they had those when my kids were babies. Yeah, my niece has one. She's got like crazy, like hillbilly teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would it's love awesome. to see that. That's awesome. hilarious. So funny. What a great idea. All right. Well, anyhow. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who still the the thumb sucking. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> these pictures of the the binkies. Look at the one with the bus. The one upper right, Preston. (laughs) (laughs) Those are brilliant. What a great idea. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, thank you for sharing the stories. We appreciate that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Stay right there. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.
Our guests have been brought in here. We're very excited about this. They are here in our studio to talk about Machete Kills. Please welcome, ladies and gents, Danny Trejo and Alexa Vega. What up, guys? Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming in. Heck yeah. Thank you for having us. Uh, Well, listen, Danny, I I have to tell you, uh, as soon as the trailer came out for this movie, Steve and I, 5 o'clock in the morning, were in our (laughs) office watching this thing, and we were just howling with laughter because the it's it's so insane it's, so it's and it's what it's supposed to be yeah. you know robert yeah. robert rodriguez does violence in a way that's poetically funny, funny. Poetically this is funny that's yeah. a great way to oh. and it's it's it, classic grindhouse fun they don't Absolutely. he does but not a lot of people make movies like this i love the original machete yeah, yeah but yeah it was really we, fun. we were talking about the the the, the sort of lineage uh, machete the character goes back to the spy kids the movie yeah. uncle machete was you you were you were in those uh, the film and uh, and at what point i guess the trailer was made for the movie grindhouse i thought it was hilarious you know when we were doing desperado right 93 or 94 uh Robert came up and said, hey, I got a character. I want you to do your perfect for it. You don't even have to act. Just show up. And <laughs> right, yeah. Then we just talked about it and talked about it. So when we did the Spy Kids, we we said, hey, let's call him Uncle Machete. So that's that's actually, that's where I met uh, Alexis. He was like 11 years old. Yeah. So when she tried to come on to Machete Kills, she had to really fight for it because we still see her as a little spy, a little girl yeah. out in the... Uh, Outside, Danny, that's changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Has it ever? <laughs> that's changed immeasurably. Yeah. But yeah. she really had to fight for this role. She had to, you know, convince Robert that she wasn't twelve anymore. Do you know the great thing though is with Robert Rodriguez movies, the, the women are always very powerful. Wow. Yes. They're badasses. Yeah. They can yeah. be sociopathic. You are. Yeah. Your, your character's killjoy, right? Yeah, my, my character's pretty crazy. I've, I've never played anything quite like this, you know, in the business making that transition from child actor to, you know, more grown-up actor. It's so tough, and you kind of have to tiptoe through that transition, and when when Killjoy came up, you kind of have to go all in, or else you can't pull that character off. Sure, I mean because it's it's almost operatic in the in the way that you know the 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 presentation is, right? <laughs> oh yes, did, I mean those chaps. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a hard time though? Because you do have Danny, who was familiar with you as a, as a as a kid, Robert, who's familiar with you as a, as a kid. You know, a lot of times in a, in a brotherly way they mean oh no no you can't be this you can't be this it's like having 60 parents on set because robert uses the same crew over and over again as yeah. well so everybody the moment i pull that robe off they're like put it back on and they, <laughs> like, everybody's you know, screaming at me being a dad when your daughter walks out in a bikini the first time <laughs> hey get there's no way you're hitting there. are you crazy and, and it's like it was, just, it was amazing but she honed it you know she like was comfortable made everybody else comfortable you just so, have to yeah you have to be as confident as possible because I knew if I hesitated at all, Robert would have sent yeah. me back. If she would have been embarrassed, it would have been all over. You know, it's it's funny because Danny, when I see you in a, in, a, in a movie, I just I I, I know I'm going to have a good time. You've you've been a staple of so many, you know, just great pop culture movies and and your your life. I'm just encouraged and fascinated by your life. You obviously spent some time in 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 prison. You, you turn that around. Um, could you have ever? Would you have ever? Where you were before? Have imagined? That you'd be in movies with Robert De Niro and where you are right now. It's just got to amaze you every day of your life. 
I never thought I was going to get out of prison. Yeah. You know, so all this is just God's time, really. Yeah, right. I'm right. I'm having, I remember when everybody was talking about the millennium, the millennium, and are you afraid of the millennium? And are you kidding? I wasn't supposed to get out of the 60s. So yeah, yeah. right, right. It's all, all cherry. It was all barred. Yeah, that's all. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, and these... These films just celebrate a type of um, of filmmaking that, that's that's gone. Um, this is we were talking about this. I guess uh, we were saying Machete is Machete Kills is ten times Machete. So yeah. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. if you if you liked it, uh, there was a little bit of a, of a political message to the first one. This one is just throw it's it a all wild, the, ride. wild ride. So yeah. much fun, and the cast members we have in this film. Uh, how does wow. he get? I mean, Mel Gibson. You know what? Everybody really wants to work with Robert. Yeah, he's amazing, and 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 you know you're coming to have a good time, and it's uh, and and, and it's like even for a cameo, they're not like uh, they're not like uh, how do you say it? Like uh, there's uh, no ego on set. It's very comfortable. And I, I, I'm trying to think of how, how to say this. It's every cameo is still a role. It's not mm-hmm. just you're it's not, not a just, throwaway. Yeah, you're yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and that's what's beautiful about. It. I mean, because I mean, Lady Gaga. Yeah. She was awesome, you know what I mean? And I mean, and just to pull out that collection of, of, of people and say, okay, they're all in one movie together is brilliant and insane at the same time. Have you ever looked at, at the, uh, the 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 casting of the Spy Kids movies? Yeah. yeah. They are star-studded over the top. You can't believe you're like, oh, my God, Selma Hayek. Oh my, and Bill Paxton, what's he doing there? Sylvester Stallone. I mean, Sylvester over Stallone, just name, yeah. name, 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 name. The guy has got to be... He's got to be so charismatic to get everybody on board he is, for this he is, stuff. But it's, everybody wants to work with him. It's like, yeah. and it's like, uh, you know, like I just, I'm blessed, you know, that we sure. became, you know, like really good friends when we were like in 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 Desperado and and hit it off. And like when he said, it, he says, "I've got a role for you, Daddy. It's perfect. You don't even have to act." I think and he coined the phrase exploitation. Right? Absolutely, yes, you know the I mean? exploitation uh, film. Did you find out on the film Desperado that you're related to? Yeah, my my cousin. My, you relate to Robert? My uncle came down uh, from San Antonio. My family came down to visit me. We were in Acuna, Mexico, and you usually go to go to Mexico to pick up booze, and right. then they because everybody can bring back two quarts of a booze, so you yeah. take the kids, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and so oh you fill up your bar like that. Yeah. And so so uh, him and Robert started talking and realized that we were second cousins. That's wild. Oh my gosh. That's wild. So you're you're basically you know the way. Uh, 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 Martin Scorsese had De Niro and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. You're sort of a yeah. good luck charm for him as well. Yeah, yeah, we did uh, pretty good. Yeah, that that is cool. Alexa, he did uh, Robert. Uh, did he walk you down the aisle for your? He did. You know what's so funny? Robert's always been in my life during the most pivotal moments. I mean, he bought me my car when I was 16. He walked me down the aisle. He also walked me through that divorce. <laughs> like, <laughs> he really was there for me throughout the whole time, which is why I think it was so hard for him to let me do this role because he really has been that father. Very protective. Figure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Are you um, engaged again. I, I am. I just saw the ring on your. I could not. <laughs> this not was a key that ring. You ought to see the ring. This was a key ring. It's, it's pretty massive. <laughs> he did a great job. I like, actually, I really like tiny rings. So, and I told him, like, I mean, I didn't know we were going to get engaged, but like, he'd play around with the idea every now and then. I'm like, babe, I'm really small, like a petite little thing. And he's like, what kind of man would that make me? I'm like, <laughs> wow, you really went there. <laughs> but wait, I have to geek out for a moment because yeah. when I walked in here, I saw that Steel Panther was oh. on your wall and that oh. they had come in. 
I have been to, I think, probably 20 of their shows. I am an unofficial member of Steel Panther. Are they, you? Yeah, they let me get up and jam with them oh whenever they come to gosh. town. Oh, my gosh. My so stage fun. name, uh, um, uh, uh, Tommy Tom Thompson. Yeah, Tommy Tom Tom Thompson is what uh, Satchel named me. Nice. So that's my name whenever I play with the band. 20 shows you've seen? I've seen about 20. When they were at the Roxy, I used to watch them there a lot. They're um, awesome. Then they moved over. Gosh, you know what's so funny? I don't know how many people know about the history of that band, but the names they had before they got to Steel Panther were quite interesting. Not necessarily the radio. <laughs> Not radio friendly. No. Yeah, we're familiar. We're familiar. Well, just the, even some of their song titles. It's wild to see them. They, they come in and they performed a lot here in the studio. Oh, wow. So when they do, they, they live edit. It's funny to watch them do that. No way. You have a photo right here. Oh, yeah, gosh. That's me with the, yeah, he's jammed with them, like, what, three times now? Yeah. So awesome. Have you seen that Steel is, Panther, yeah, Danny? Yeah, They're cool. nuts. Well, They're we got to tell them next time. They're, have you been on stage with them before? Never, never. Really? I used to just go in and just watch them. I mean, they're, it's such a hoot. Such oh, yeah. a hoot watching those guys. Oh, that's awesome. Danny, in, in the, he's talking about, you know, the, the Steel Panther show. They, they'll bring up celebrities and so on and so forth. Does it ever amaze you who is a fan of yours because you're such a part of so yeah. many great, great movies? I, you know what? I was, I was at a concert with Gore. <laughs> and they uh, called Gore? me up. Yeah, they called me up. I, wow. <laughs> that's and wild. Talking about, this is a big fan. We're big fans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were cool. They were cool, though. That's that hilarious. Uh, one, one of the, the great things in uh, the trailer for uh, Machete 2 is uh, Sofia Vergara, obviously. <laughs> she is a she's a big nemesis in this. And uh, the, the weaponry oh that my. she wields. Her accessories. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's the penis gun from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, it is. Yes, Robert, it is. Tom Robert, Savini wore yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. That was, that was uh, uh, from Tom. And, uh, you know, Robert just wanted to make her just... Just badass, so he did. He like gave her a breast gun, bra machine yeah. guns, yeah. machine guns. Yeah, yeah. he the, reuses the... people, props, everything. <laughs> Robert likes to make. A, they're like home movies. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, the storyline. What what to, what can you tell us to set up for for the film? What what happened? Well, well, the storyline is that uh, the bad guys are trying to blow up the world to uh, to colonize Mars, <laughs> and they have a missile. Yeah, they got a bunch of them. They got a miss, and, and, and so you're 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 hired by the president, who is uh, a Carlos Char- Estevez. Carlos Estevez yeah, in the movie, absolutely. Yeah. To go right, and he says, uh, you know, you know, we can't go down there, but Machete can. Yeah. yeah. So. Machete is in the classic tradition of the of the the, the you know loose cannon, the loner, yeah. plays by his own rules, and uh, I would have to say the most cinematically amazing decapitations I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. You know, if you look, it's it's kind of under the the genre of like like uh, uh, James Bond and mm-hmm. Star Wars. Sure, and you know that's all Robert. You know, Robert is a fan of movies, so that's when you go, you're like a, you're like. You know, you're going to a, see a fan's movie. There are little homages that he pay, he puts in there for the people that have followed him all the way from oh, El yeah. Mariachi on, and, and which is which is great. Well, you know, when we had that car, I remember Robert. You know, we have this car that's all kind of a uh, an armored no. sort of armored yeah, vehicle, yeah. and so it was kind of you look at it, it's kind of like Road Warrior. Yeah, and so he said, "I got to figure out how to put mail in this thing." You yeah, know? yes. And so, <laughs> oh. and you know what? Obviously, from the first machete film, the first time I saw the the scene with uh, the entrails, the the intestines. Yeah. Uses, uh, as, there's as, a couple of those in there. Yeah, I know. And because that was the money shot of the first movie. That's and Robert thing. went and oh, yeah. took it and did it again, and it worked times <laughs> ten with the helicopter. And I mean. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. It, I love this it. movie. This movie kind of makes 
the first one, Machete, something that you could take the kids. Didn't you say you were amazed that like sometimes kids will come up to you? And oh, just, yeah. And it's like, wow. Oh, like 10 years old. Whoa, I loved you in that movie. <laughs> but you know what? It's so funny. It's like now, you know, it, it, it's a lot different. Yeah, it's yeah. just a lot different. It's like kids can just see anything they want now. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean? so, and I think now kids are a little more... Um, I don't know, educated as far as you know, fake movie stuff. They're a little more mature when it yeah. comes into to, to, to what yeah. they uh, what they consume. Well, yeah. you you know, you like uh, I was reading. I guess your first movie that you saw of Roberts outside of being acting in the movies was Desperado. Was that the? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the first one I'd ever seen of his. And you know, when you're when you're younger, you don't really. I don't want to say that you don't appreciate it because you're having a lot of fun, but you don't really realize the people that you're working with. Not until I look back at the projects that we've all done together. I'm like, holy cow, Antonio Banderas, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, the the caliber of cast that he can pull together is just so incredible that I almost wish I could go back now and just like soak it in. Because when you're a kid, you don't care. You just want to play with the gadgets. Right, <laughs> right, right. That had, that had to be a blast. Cause those, and that shows you the diversity of, of what this crew and what you guys as an ensemble sure. can pull together. And wonderful kids' movies that, oh, that also you. cater to adults who and enjoy my it. my Uncle Machete. So he's, he's literally in my phone as Uncle Machete, which is, that'll never go away. It, it's funny, in Spy Kids, he never told you the stories about how he ripped the entrails out of people. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. You know what's so funny is like when we did, Robert talked about, about that, and then he said, well, let's put this in, we'll call Uncle Machete when Spy yeah. Kids. And then when he had doing Grindhouse, they said, you know what, let's do this trailer, even if we don't do the movie. When we came out of doing Grindhouse, everybody just attacked us. You know, hey, you've got to do this movie. Yeah. Even more than Grindhouse, you've got to do this movie. So the movie actually, Machete came from audience demanding it. And then now this one's the same thing, you know. So, it's it's a weird yeah. thing because the trailer demanded a movie. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. yeah, usually the movie, you look to put together a great trailer. Right. Uh, and this can be, you can be basically the, uh, the uh, a John McClane type character. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's talk of sequels. I know there's, yeah. in fact, there's referenced in the, in the movie itself. So well, he sets it up so that he has yeah. the option and really it's up to the audience, but the whole space idea, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what space chaps would look like. <laughs> yeah. so, so, are so are we. <laughs> Danny, uh, while you're here, I, I have to ask you about the movie Heat because it's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and um, uh, spoiler alert, you, you don't do so well towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, what was shooting that scene like? And and because you, you're barely audible uh, as you're, you're you got the snot beat out of you. Um, but it's a really intense scene too. But you really have to focus and listen in on what's going on in that scene uh, with with De Niro. You know what I, I asked. Robert asked me, Robert De Niro asked, yeah. you know, how, what do you think, Danny? How are you going to shoot this? You know, we were just sitting there and waiting for it. And, and I said, I don't know, Bob, what do you think? And he said, well, I think you're already dead. I think you're, I think you're, you're, with every breath you take, you're, 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 you're gone a little more. Right. And then he looked at me and said, what do you think of that? And just for a split second, I wanted to say, no, Bob, that's not how I. <laughs> 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 this is taxi. You know, yeah. this, this is Kate Beer. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is the guy. Right. I said, you know, Bob, we're on the same page. <laughs> oh and, you uh, you should have just freaked him out and said, you know, that's adorable that you did <laughs> that. No, wait, let me. Yeah, yeah. My son, Gilbert, when he first, we were doing Heat, and my son came, he was nine years old, and he came on the set to to, to visit, and, and uh, I introduced him, hey, Bob, this is my son, Gilbert. 
and said, hi, Gilbert. My son looked him right in the eyes and said, you talking to me? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's oh, no. That's cool. And he died. He couldn't <laughs> and then he said, I said, Gilbert, you didn't see that movie? He said, the comedy channel. You know, everybody <laughs> that imitates Robert De Niro. Sure, yeah. Right. They're friends. <laughs> That's so you guys were at the Flyers game last night, but you also yeah. did a Q&A after the movie. Yeah. And our okay. actually, our video producer, Nick Murphy, he's the one who hosted it. Oh, and, awesome. hey, hey, what's up? And he's so he's bummed good. because uh, Robert Rodriguez is his favorite yeah, director cool. of all time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, so he's bummed that he couldn't be here this morning. But how did it go last night? It went great. Yeah, I think Q&A it was received went, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, the audience loved it. So that's all we care about. It was great. You, yeah. The audience, you know, they they know what you what you're up to, and 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 for people who are who think you know that you you need to you, listen, you can jump right in. You, you get it. It's it's yeah. it's fun filmmaking. It's it's uh, you guys when you do you. Do you get nervous when you're watching an audience watch the film or when you get, you know, or are you good with that or I mean, how it, are you? It, it's so funny because when you look at a Rodriguez audience, it is the most eclectic, diverse group. I yeah. Mean, so many different types of people come and watch it. But um, but no, for the most part, they're always so excited. I mean, fans of Rob, he has such a stylized way of making films that. I mean, if you love that style, you're going to love the movie regardless. And we're, we're describing this film as um, cartoonishly provocative. And what was the funny one? I can't remember the other one. There, there was like a... Uh, a description of the movie? Yeah, somebody yeah, said yeah. it the other day. I was like, oh gosh, that's the perfect... funny or something. I was like, that's the perfect description. I mean, it, it, I would call it a a classic grindhouse yeah. movie. I mean, oh, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Don't, please don't go for literary. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have you don't have to have read the book. It's so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so funny. It's like, I mean, when you, you know, you can find like... Like a political statement in The Littlest Mermaid, if yeah. you're looking yeah. for sure, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, what about the pollution in the ocean? <laughs> yeah, but, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. But it's just for entertainment. Get a big bag of popcorn, yep. get some chocolate-covered raisin, mix them, and go for it. I love that. Alexa, <laughs> when you were answering that last question, um, Danny was looking at you. Um it looked like he was going to murder you. I swear to God. Oh, no. do, you, do you get that? Like, no. yeah, honestly, if you weren't an actor, I think people would just just generally be afraid of you. No, no, I, I, I was like just really listening. Yeah. You know, just, but it looked like you okay. were plotting. Like, okay. Should I rip your ears off? Or, or, no, this guy has the craziest fans because they run up to him with machetes for him to sign. It's like if I had fans that ran up to me with machetes, I think I'd cry. I gotta tell you, I bought I bought a machete to, to cut. You got I, it. I got a machete. At home, I wish I had a broad. Oh my god! Hey, hey, Danny, there's something empowering about a machete, isn't there? Yeah. I have to ask you about your your comedic sensibility. You're you're really funny, and you have a good sense of timing. And I, I keep referencing. We've been talking about having you come in. I, you just slay me in Anchorman as the bartender's little cameo. It's your reaction and, and to, to him, and he's yeah, there. He's awesome. Was it, was, was that a, a blast? Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm doing a sitcom with George Lopez called. St. George and me and that guy just have so much fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. he's funny, and I just try to make him laugh, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And so every, everything I say, he says, hey, we'll put that in the show. So he's like, we're doing all right. Any, any <laughs> desire on your own? I mean, your own story. Could be a, could be something. Any, any desire? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gloria's over there. Like. Is, they're trying to get me to write a book, but I don't sit still long enough. Well, she's, she's right. Yeah, because to me, just just doing some research on you, uh, compelling, and in, I think that story would do a lot of good for a lot of people. Heck yeah. Thank you. When yeah, it's a very very cool.
Uh, Alexa, have you done any, uh, have any like Maxim or anything like that approach you to do cover shoots or anything? You know what? It, it's so funny. Um, they, they have approached us, but, um, my publicist said that it is not the time for that. <laughs> so wow. I was like, yes, wow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All the guys. Is your publicist a guy or a girl? I feel weird because it's like your dad is there, your t- your uncle Uncle Machete is there, and we want to say yes, it is the time. He's such a flirt that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You know what? Uh, like I said, it all baby steps. Um, when making that transition, you have to be really careful um, not to alienate the audience that was so kind to you growing up. Um, that's, that's, so she's steps. not only gorgeous she's also really smart because, <laughs> because if you've watched like the young girls that have tried to make that transition and boom, they try to jump uh, it always backfires Danny on not everyone can do it as, as as brilliantly as Miley Cyrus did yeah. um, <laughs> exactly made that transition so seamless <laughs> it's like yeah. diving in yeah. oh man oh man well this is uh, I think Danny put it best get get some popcorn get some some yeah. you know something to eat sit back and some get intestines ready. get ready for the ride yeah right. dive into a bowl of trails and get ready because this is this movie is over the top it's fun it's exciting it's crazy make sure you check it out thank you guys great so awesome thank, thank you, you. So danny trejo and alexa vega guys kills. we're gonna take a break we'll be back in a minute stay right there get social with preston and steve and wmmr facebook twitter you know the usual places Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to schedule a free one-on-one virtual appointment with the real expert jeweler. Real diamonds, real people, real jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Deets and Watson. Your local Deets and Watson Real Philly Delis are open for takeout. Taste four generations of family recipes made with love and show your support for local business. RealPhillyDeli.com, Deets and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. An Idaho man was killed when a tree fell on his tent at the Stagger Inn campground. Stagger Inn campground? Yeah. That's normally Where a is bar. the campground? It's normally a bar name. Dude, that happened last year around here. And uh, it killed a... A couple uh, of kids. I, I'm gonna say a family, yeah. yeah. Uh, the sheriff's office said 48 year old Kyle L. Garrett was found dead at the campsite <laughs> Sunday night after the 200 foot tree <gasps> fell on him. Jesus. Whoa. A 52 year old female camper was also struck by the tree and was being treated for non life threatening injuries. How do you get hit by a 200 foot tree and not die? A windstorm caused numerous trees to weaken and fall in the Idaho Panhandle National Forest. So Jesus. it was just one of those uh, scenarios. That's bad, bad, bad. Uh, let's see. This is out of Juneau, Alaska. Police say a 35 foot whale watching boat was taken out for an unauthorized spin over the weekend. Witnesses called police at 2.22 in the morning, Saturday, after seeing two intoxicated people stumble down the dock and get on board the Keat, a vessel used by Juno Whale Watching. Witnesses also say, they also say the vessel was doing donuts in Aki Bay. Uh, Guess what I get to do? (laughs) (laughs) Wee! Wee! Guess what I get to do? I have to ask for that one more time, Steve. That's what I get to do. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, let's see. Coast Guardsmen <laughs> responded and took control of the boat. 
that's what I was doing. <laughs> the boarding crew described the man and woman as drunk and naked. Police say 27-year-old Joshua Carreri, a crewman on the vessel, was charged with driving while intoxicated and felony vehicle theft. He was also arrested on a warrant for failure to, <laughs> to report to jail on a previous larceny charge. Well, not good for them. His company was not. His companion was not arrested. What's larceny? Anybody know? Uh, uh, it's that. It's a theft. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Costumed competitors slopped and grappled for victory in the World Gravy Wrestling Championships over the weekend. Oh, I like that. More than 1,500 people gathered. This is in uh, Lancashire. This is in England. On sun, uh, uh, To watch the annual contest. 1,500 people came out for this thing. Each bout lasted for two minutes and wrestlers were scored on audience applause. The dripping fighters were then hosed down by the fire services. Uh, apparently, they host this every single year over there. Yeah, it's time to kill them. Yeah. And uh, let's see. A college, Collegedale, Tennessee resident. This is a sad story. Uh, Tennessee resident uh, Linda Cooper has been asked to leave a church that she has attended for six decades. Whoa. Because she would not publicly condemn her daughter's lesbian lifestyle in front of the congregation. Woman's well, been going to the same church for over sixty years. It's probably not a church she should be a member of anyway. Cooper's daughter, Cat Cooper, it's is her own daughter. A detective with the uh, Collegedale Police Department. She and her partner Krista were married in Maryland in May, and the couple's been uh, fighting the city government in an effort to be granted the same legal rights as heterosexual couples. So that's pissed people off in the town. Okay. Uh, throughout the entire legal process, Linda Cooper supported her daughter. Linda Cooper's public support did not sit well with the church, and she was asked to either publicly denounce her daughter's lifestyle or leave. So she chose to leave. It's a tough place to put, to put a mother in. That's just sad. Come on, man. The woman's been there for 60 years. Unbelievable. So she's sticking by her daughter, and I think that's cool. All right, and then finally we'll end with this. When you come to an acupuncture clinic, you expect to get stuck. You just don't expect to get stuck inside of the facility. It was an unusual 911 call. Uh, a woman reportedly called 911 and said, I'm locked inside in somebody's business establishment. I don't hear anybody. The music went off. The door is locked, and his car is gone. I have to stick it in your butt. Uh, uh, the call came August 5th from the... Uh, Hua Tao Acupuncture and Chinese Herbs Clinic. Uh, the operator said, are you a patient? The caller said, yes. I was in the middle of a treatment. All of a sudden, I saw him running out for someone to come, and I ended up pulling the needles out myself. Wow. She woke up on a treatment table. The caller said, I had to put the needles, pull the needles out of me in order to find out what was going on. I'm yelling for help for about five minutes or so. So the, she was just abandoned there on the yeah, table? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, Dr. Jeff Singh and his wife are the only two employees. Singh said that he was ashamed and still baffled by how he forgot about his own patient. And he locked up to leave for the day. Uh, records show there's no history of disciplinary, disciplinary actions against him. Uh, the caller stayed on the line for about 10 minutes and police arrived as a worker uh, showed up and uh, was able to let her out. Do you ever have acupuncture? No, no but I'd like to. I wouldn't mind I mean, doing it's it. It's been around for quite a long time. There yeah. must be something to it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that out. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you at this point in time. We'll be back in a second. We'll have a lesson question. Uh, the trash, music news, and more. Stay there. MMR and Live Nation are happy to announce the live performance drought is finally over. It's the Live In at the Drive-In Concert Series, a month of shows in the Phillies parking lot. You'll experience from your car. 
93.3 WMMR and Brent Smith and Zach Myers from Shinedown invite you to rock live in your ride Thursday, September 3rd. Get up, get up, get a move on. See the full schedule at WMMR.com. The live-in at the Drive-In Concert Series. A socially awesome solution to a performance-less pandemic. Featuring Shinedown's Smith and Myers and many more. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Amongst yourself, when when you think about the concerts over the years that you've seen, I'm sure you have a rank of the top five or something along those lines. The gentleman that's sitting to my left right now was on stage for my number one. Wow. And uh, the Hell Freezes Over tour. Greatest show I've ever seen. Walked away knowing that I would never see another show quite that good. And if he didn't exist, you wouldn't have this song. You would not have this song. And please welcome to our studio, Mr. Don Felder. Thanks, Preston. It's great to be here, buddy. Great to have you here, Don. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I, when I, when I saw you guys play, uh, it, I was blown away. There had been you know such a break between uh, the Eagles being around, and I am mesmerized watching you play your instrument on stage. You were so precise. You are so exact on what you want to do that it's just a joy to watch you and listen, obviously to listen, but to watch you play is a really cool thing, too. Well, there were no mistakes allowed in the Eagles, vocally or musically mm-hmm. or anyway. Uh, we tried to do as close to perfection as we could, both on record and live. So everybody really paid a lot of attention, put in a lot of work and effort to try to produce the best show possible we could do. Don, when you see footage from those concerts and, and, and back, obviously, there was the extended documentary uh, which I know you have s- some issues with, but for for fans, it is, it is kind of a, a massive chronicling of of the history of the band. When you are on stage and you're playing, and it is just flawless, and it's a level of musicianship. I mean, you uh, and Joe Walsh together playing. I don't think there will ever exist two guitarists of such capability on stage playing. It, it was just a moment in time playing to perfection. Do you yourself get wowed by? The phenomenon, I mean, what you guys were doing on stage together, I mean, is it possible to look back and be wowed by your own talent? Or is that too egotistical? Well, I love playing with Joe. We had the best time both on stage and off stage together. We both had a great deal of dexterity and ability to play. But what we were able to write and come up with together was just phenomenal. It was a unique combination. And we had so much fun off stage trashing hotel rooms (laughs) and tearing places up and just having a lot of time spending the time off stage that when we were on stage and had to do our, our work which was really play and fun for us. We just really enjoyed it. You it got was a e- wonderful time. You got each other, obviously. He he is legendary for being disruptive. He had, I, I believe, he would bring a chainsaw with him, an electric chainsaw. Was that the rumor? And Yeah, the- he was my mentor when it yeah. came to trashing hotel rooms. <laughs> Everything I know about wrecking places, I learned from Joe. From Joe Walsh. <laughs> you know what, Don, there, there are several different kinds of guitarists. There, there are people that, that impress me with their flashy style, with their speed. Um, but I think I'm more impressed with the people that can pick the right notes to play. Uh, and I mean that by almost treating the guitar as if it's a vocal instrument, uh, a singing instrument, a melodic instrument, as opposed to something to, uh, to impress people with. Um, when you're writing, uh, let's, I mean, because obviously you have to construct a song with chords and changes and movements and things like that. But when I get sucked into your playing is when you get to a guitar solo. When you're, when you're personally constructing one, uh, how many different drafts will you go for before you finally go, aha, 
that's it? Or is there an aha moment? Or do you know? Well, you know, it's funny that um, I think it was Benjamin Franklin said, if you want somebody to remember something, set it to a simple melody, like the ABC song. Yeah. Everybody, kids, as they learn, they learn ABCs, but it's set to a very simple melody. And if you overplay, if you make it too complicated, people can't remember it. And uh the idea is coming from, I remember seeing um, Miles Davis at the Village Gate. Oh, right? wow. With Tony Williams and uh, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, Wayne Schroeder, all those great musicians. Yeah. And he could walk out on stage and play three or four notes that said more in those note choices than Kenny G can play in an hour. You know, he's got a thousand notes going on. Yeah. So I just really took to heart the fact that it was important to be able to say the right notes at the right place in the right time. And so when we did Hotel California, that solo that's on the end of that thing was just a... A demo that I made up on the spot. I actually wrote kind of both sides of that. My part, and then I played another guitar. I said, well, Joe would play something kind of like this, and I'd play another thing. And then I would play and kind of put together that little duel on the end. When we got into the studio, I always thought that Joe and I would just set up two guitars, plug them in, and just go at each other. Yeah. That's what we started doing, and Henley came in the studio and said, wait, stop. That's not like the demo. You have to do it like the demo. And I said, well... That was something I just made up a year ago. So we had to call my housekeeper in Malibu, <laughs> get the cassette, play it over a, 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 a blaster, record it in the studio in Miami, and I had to sit down and learn what I just made up at the time. So you never know if it's a matter of honing something or it's like just your first shot out of the uh, first the passage writing something. Well, you 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 uh, grew up in Florida. Uh-huh. Right, uh, your I think your first guitar. What did you trade? Uh, I read uh, Legend is ch- uh, Cherry Bombs or something that you, you <laughs> traded to get your first guitar. Yeah, you actually became very proficient, and at a point you were Tom Petty's guitar teacher. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. Tom was one of my students. This uh, I used to teach in this music store there after high school, and Tom came in. It was like this scrawny, long, blonde hair, <laughs> buck tooth looking kid, and he had a guitar and he wanted to learn to play guitar. He was playing bass in this band called the Rucker Brothers Band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was so he like I, a teenager at the time? Or? Yeah, young teens, probably okay. 13, 14, right. something like that. He's did a couple you, of years younger than me. Did yeah. you have your own band that was the Continentals at yeah. that time? Uh-huh. Well, okay. St- Stills was in that band. With Steven, Steven Stills. Stills yeah. wow. So Tommy came in, and I started teaching him and trying to work with his band. He had two guitar players called the Rucker Brothers, and they would just flail artlessly at the same time. <laughs> and, you know, just, just tear at it. Neither one, nobody played rhythm, nobody played lead. It was just kind of chaos. So Must kinda, have killed you. I just helped sort out their stuff a little little bit. Tom was great. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview for a, a book they're writing on Tom uh, last week before it came out. So wait, so you, that long ago, did you see him though and you were like, wow, this kid's good? I did. You know, it was funny. I'd go to some of his shows uh, just to see how his band was coming along. And I would stand next to these girls, and Tom would come out with his long blonde hair and flip his hair and stand there and sing. And the girls would go, oh, my God, he's so good. I'd go, yeah, but he sounds like Dylan. <laughs> it's so wild to hear all these legendary names intermingled at, yeah. at a young age. And, uh, you know, we kind of, in the world of rock music, went through that in the grunge scene in Seattle. And a lot of these groups were intertwined. And uh, it seems to kind of fallen out 
these days. We don't see quite that type of scene. I know from watching the most recent documentary on the Eagles, uh, the history of the band, uh, you saw <clears throat> how these groups came together in California, and they were swapping members pretty regularly. Joe, yes, I'm th- just curious if that happens at all today anymore or not. It doesn't seem. Really it doesn't know. seem to be. I, I don't hear about it happening yeah. so much. But yeah. the whole music industry has changed dramatically. So you may it may be going on. You just don't hear don't about hear it. it. Yeah, just yeah. that whole story of uh, living above Jackson Brown and. Um, yeah, that was what, Glenn Fry. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. song was that? That that uh, Jackson... he was here, the Pretender is what he heard him uh, writing in the other room. Mm-hmm. No, oh. but one of the songs he was writing and he just couldn't figure out like the lyrics for it. And Glenn was like, "I, I got something for it." It was "Take It Easy." Take is, It is Easy. Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Don, you 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 were uh, you had worked in and out with those guys. The band was established, and and you um you were playing slide guitar uh, before that. You you would jam just out of fun when you when you encounter these guys. And then they they were so impressed with you, they made you a full-blown member of the band. Not like you're going to be a gun for hire. We want you to be a member of the Eagles. Uh, and uh, did that did that blow you away, or did, you, did that seem like a logical progression? Well, you know, I had known Bernie Ledden since high school. He actually replaced Stephen Stills in that band we had in Gainesville. And then Bernie moved back to California, and I moved to New York at the time. And Bernie kept calling me saying, what are you doing in New York? You need to come to L.A. Right, yeah. This is where the music scene is. So finally I packed up everything I owned in a U-Haul trailer and drove uh, an old Volvo from uh, <laughs> from the East Coast to, to Boston. When I first got there in L.A., I went to work for Crosby Nash. Ironically enough, being Stephen Stills and playing his parts in that band uh, with wild. Crosby Nash, which was a, a great gig for me. I was making in, like, 73, I was making $1,500 a week, which is a lot of money back then. Yeah. My wife was pregnant with our first child. I thought I had a great gig to, you know, support my family. Uh, I would play with the Eagles, just go hang out with them, because my friend Bernie was in the band, and we'd uh, jam, do sound checks, and just play and have a good time. And they called me to come in and play slide guitar on this song called Good Day in Hell. Yeah. Little did I know that song would go on to be the theme of my life with him. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. That's, be- that's very true, yeah. So I went in and played on that session, and the next day I got a call from Glenn asking me to join the band. And I had a bit of a dilemma about giving up this kind of steady-paying job with Crosby Nash and a little new baby on the way and joining this band that I knew had episodes of nearly exploding and breaking up every day. So it was a tough choice for me. I went to speak with Graham Nash about it, actually, and asked him what I should do, and he advised me that I should join the band. So I took his advice and joined the band. There we go. I'm very interested in in the uh, what happens in the dynamics with, like, arguments versus uh, artistic integrity versus just wanting to get have a job and have a steady paycheck and taking care of your baby that's on the way and your wife. At, At what point do you decide I need to fight for this because I believe in it and I think I can do a great job with it this song this vision or whatever and then or, or resign yourself to saying you know what this is a good gig I'm going to enjoy it and and how often did you go back and forth on that argument in your own head well you know the problem in that band was we had five a type personalities <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. everybody could write sing and play everybody had fronted their own band at one time or another it was like having five leaders in the band that everyone was constantly trying to not only make the best record write the best songs put together the best show, make it the best we could possibly do. There was an abundance of talent, but there was also an abundance of egos involved with it as well. So I wound up taking a lot of steps backwards and letting those people that were much stronger as far as imposing their will on uh, what was to be take uh, take over, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, Henley, I think, in my opinion, is 
one of the best rock voices there are and is in, in business today, as well as he's a great lyricist. So mm-hmm. you look at that and you go, you know, okay, maybe he's got something. As a matter of fact, when we finished the song Hotel California, we were sitting in the playback studio in uh, L.A., and the record company had been pounding on us to give him this record for a long time. And um, we had him into this playback party, and after we played Hotel California, Henley turned around and said, that's going to be our next single. And I went, Don, that's the wrong format. In the 70s AM radio, you had to be like three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. The intro had to be 30 seconds before the voice started. Quick, yeah. Hotel California is six and a half minutes long. It's a minute before the vocals start. You can't dance to it. It's yeah. got this two-minute guitar solo on the yeah. end. It's just the wrong format. And so he and I got in a little bit of an argument about it, and I finally said, okay, you go ahead and put it up. I told you so. Right. And I've never been so happy to have been so wrong in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, it, when, it is the first song that comes to mind when you mention the Eagles and yes. it, 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 history it just is in, indicative of it. it it's an amazing album I was telling Preston later I was, you know I was doing some research on it the the greatest hits Eagles greatest hits album sold a million records a month for 18 straight months wow the biggest selling record of the last century uh, you know it, it's it's an astonishing thing you talk about having all those incredibly talented people in the band you know like we talk about the Beatles we just had the conversation about the Beatles. When your third guy is George Harrison, that's pretty amazing. When everybody in the at the, the Eagles at that time could, as you said, could have fronted a band, did front a band, had all that talent. The, and in the as the stories, and you've written your own book about your experiences with the with the band, which is a great book. Um, who immediately was it? Don Henley that you became contentious with the earliest. No, I think it was Glenn, because Glenn. the band originally started out as Glenn Fry's band. Right. He, he fronted the band. He was the front singer. Uh, he had Take It Easy as a hit and Peaceful Easy Feeling. All the early songs were sung by Glenn. And then Don slowly began to emerge from the drums in the back to becoming a lead singer and right. having a lot of big hits, and his writing just really took off. So there was a lot of contention between the two of them, as a matter of fact, about control issues, about who was you know in charge of the band. And so Glenn really took over the kind of political role of uh, making the decisions and being the boss, and Joe and I would just go out and party and tear up hotel rooms <laughs> and have fun and play guitar, let those guys uh, you know quarrel about it. You know? It's weird, though. Because you 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 start you join the band you're you're um, you know you, you're married you got a kid so you join like the high profile the band the the, the friggin' Eagles and you've got you you know how quickly did you I mean everyone at that time as as in the in the book and in the documentary Coke was the big obviously it just ruled the roost how soon before you were succumbing to all the temptations because I mean that was what everything was. About then, right? You mean minutes, hours, or (laughs) or days, right? (laughs) Because no, you didn't. You never got into the ultra heavy. It was mostly cocaine and and. Well, you know when we when I first joined the band, we were still doing rent a car tours. We were playing college campuses, county fairs. I mean, it wasn't like Learjets and limos. Right, right. It was still a very small band. We were opening for other acts. Uh, we had a caravan, abandoned crew of five or six rental cars. We went to Radio Shack and bought these CB units that, because there were no cell phones, so we could talk back and forth to each other on the road. Yeah, in case somebody had to stop and go to the bathroom or got lost, we could find them. You know. Yeah. So it, it was not quite what you portrayed it there when I first joined the band. It was a lot of hard work. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so, but then how long had... before the astronomical rise, though? Like after you joined, because that must have been so fast. 
in in retrospect, looking back on it, you guys are, are playing the county fairs, and then you are in the Learjets. Well, it took a while. I mean, uh, the first record was on the border that I played on, which was their third record, and it had followed up um, Desperado uh, as the biggest single that they had had, which was an okay record, uh, but it wasn't necessarily their biggest uh, commercial hit. So really, I think it really started taking off when we put out one of these nights, which was a great AM track, and it had some great AM hits on it, uh, Take It to the Limit, and uh, one of these nights, and that really started propelling the band, but when we hit Hotel California is really when it went through the roof. That was mm-hmm. became the kind of international success that we'd all looked forward to. Don, how often did you, because I know there's a story that surrounds Victim of Love, which is a song you were going to you sing the vocals on. You've been promised. It caused contention with uh, Don Henley because he ended up singing the vocals, but how often would you perform the uh, songs in the studio, just perform them and record them? Because I understand that happened a fair amount with the Eagles, that you were able to just, you all play and go right to tape. Is Was that, in fact, what would happen often? Yeah, Victim of Love was a track that I wrote all the music for and the melody. And then uh, when we went into the studio, I'd arranged it uh, so that we could play the track live. And uh, if you look on the vinyl record, if anybody can find vinyl records anymore, <laughs> Bill Simzik, our producer, used to etch in between the label and the last band. He would inscribe little... Uh, little uh, hints in there. And really? On, on the B-side of Hotel California record, it says V-O-L is five-piece live, which means Victim of Love was recorded five-piece wow. live. Wow. So, uh, that's so cool. Yeah, that little notes around there. How but, many bands could do that <laughs> oh, <wow>. these days? <laughs> How many bands would have the balls to do that, to do completely yeah. live yeah. Just recording. That's, that's one of the things, yeah, in uh, in, in the the uh, documentary, yeah. that there, you guys go through several takes of, of one of the songs. I'm like, wait a minute. They're all playing and singing live at the same time. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. It's, well, that's, like I said, everybody could write, sing, and play in the band. So it was fun to be able to do it. I, I want to geek out on you for a moment, Don, because uh, just uh, you're, you and Joe Walsh together, and I know we touched on this earlier, but your styles complement each other so wonderfully. You have a clear, calculated, clean, orchestrated musician as yourself in your uh, solo construction. Uh, and Joe, while not overplaying, still has a bit of an improvisational and edgy feel to it. Uh, they contrast each other, not on opposite ends of the spectrum, but enough to really complement each other. Uh, and I just, I, I absolutely love digging into hearing you guys play and and through some songs you'll play a solo he'll play a solo and it was always fun to go I think that's Don. <laughs> that, that sounds like Don. Yeah. Or, or that was that was Joe right there. I know that was. And one in particular obviously is uh the Hotel California solo which is just, you know, uh, I'm sure in in list of greatest guitar solos it's got a rank rank near the top in some guitar magazines uh throughout the ages. Uh, there is classic footage of you guys playing it live. It's the one that most people know. I love it. And I don't know where that show was. I don't know if you know offhand where that might have taken place. I, I thought it was at the Spectrum here in Philadelphia. No way. Tell you the truth. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> that wild. makes it even that yeah. much more special. <laughs> and I'm sure you won't know the answer to this, but I've seen it so many times. There's a moment that you or two are, you, you do the harmony solo and then you go back and forth. Uh, or you go back and forth, and then you go into the harmony solo. But as you're as you're trading licks with each other, uh, you kind of smile, and you say something to Joe 
Do you have any idea what you might have said to him at that point? I, I know exactly oh, what it was. I said. I've wondered this for years. Well, you know, during the days of uh, the 70s, Joe and I both were consuming a great deal of cocaine. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the As most rumor has it. The most embarrassing thing you could do was walk around in public with like a sugar coating on your nose. And we used to call that showing. You could show, you know. So yeah. in the middle of that solo as we're filming, I look up at Joe on camera and go, you're showing. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's such an iconic piece of footage. It's so yeah. it's so funny to, to hear the story behind that. Wow. Um, on stage, when you started to when things started to get really testy, there's obviously this footage of Glenn Fry actually you and he fighting on stage. Uh, what was the, the basis of that? I, I understand that it had to do with Don and uh, Glenn going more political. They wanted to do political stuff you always had the contention that if you're going to do things do it for charities like you know you you, you split on on what you should be doing explain how you got that contentious that night with that footage of you guys fighting on stage sure um they had decided to do a benefit for uh, Cranston, who was a U.S. California senator uh, right. in Washington, and it was a fundraiser for his campaign. And I didn't, I didn't care. I was you're not a political guy. No, I was yeah. just politically illiterate at yeah. the time. I didn't even know who he was or care really to tell you the truth. So I said, sure, we'll go down and do this benefit. Um, after um, when we got there, his wife came up to me and my wife, who were standing there having appetizers, and she said, oh, I'd like to thank you for doing this for us. We really appreciate it. And I said, yeah, okay, you're welcome. And as she turned to walk away, I turned to my wife and said, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't even know who she was or what this is about, but okay. It's an honest comment. So, yeah, Glenn overheard me say that and thought I was being disrespectful to okay. the senator's wife and came over and dragged me back into a dressing room and started really, you know, punching me in the chest with his finger and yelling in my face. And finally, he and I, uh, kind of our blood pressures, uh, pressures elevated, and uh, we had been on the road out of the studio and on the road for about a year and a half, and we had just had our nerves worn down to a fray and kind of got into it. And you heard it on the stage. Uh, I think he's yelling. He's he's going to kick. He can't wait. Three more songs could yeah. kick, kick uh -huh. your ass. Yeah. Oh and didn't you? you I wish he had tried. <laughs> you could have taken him, couldn't you? Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for coming by here today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're all huge, huge fans. Thank you so much. Can't wait to get a cheesesteak before I leave. <laughs> yeah, DonFelder.com. Don, continued success. Thanks for being thank here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Don Felder, it. guys, yeah. on the Preston Street Show of the Eagles. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a minute or two. We want you to stay right there because we got more coming up. What's new? Why have you asked? Godsmack. The Killers. Green Day. Just keep on New music, more of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WNMR. We had a uh, movie screening last night. Not only that, but a Q&A as well with yes. the stars and director of this particular film. It's called The World's End. And uh, Steve, you saw the movie night. And I loved it. Excellent. It was great. So we want to welcome to our studio Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, and Nick Frost. Yeah. 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 Good morning. Morning, Thank morning, you. morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're, we're happy you guys could all make it in here. This is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, how did the Q&A go last night? Was it fun? Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, we're traveling around a lot, so when you walk into a Q&A and they're kind of 
250 people all cheering and going bonkers. It, it feels amazing. We had three standing ovations. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. You know, during the movie, the reaction was great. It was uh, because this is a, this is a wonderful way to, to cap off the, the trilogy. I think there's a, 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 has a good heart to it. There are a lot of references. Actually, one of your guys told me to eliminate a reference because you're trying to keep a couple of secrets. But uh, it's a love letter to people who have loved the uh, the previous films. And it's also a, uh, it's just, it's a standalone, funny-ass movie. And, and the crowd was going nuts. And that's, uh, that's the thing that, that really caught me. Also, it just happened to hit me at the right time because um, we've been talking about, you know, as you get a little bit older and, and as you perhaps try to recapture a bit of nostalgia in your life. And sometimes you go home to your town and you're walking through your town and you're like, is it me or is it... <laughs> Is it damn something's wrong? You know, is, and you're trying to figure out. And this movie takes it ten levels past that. There yeah. is a concrete reason it feels not quite right. Exactly. We thought it would be funny to to you know because everyone gets that. If you grow up in a certain place yeah. and you move away, you go back, and it just feels odd. It's like you feel a certain sense of alienation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. With Shaun of the Dead, you know, we we made a zombie film, and in, in Hot Fuzz, it was uh, the kind of American action comedy, and right. Uh, is a little different thing going on in this one, but it's in the same vein and in the same spirit. So, um, yeah. Was this sort of born of? I understood that uh, it was when you guys were shooting uh, Hot Fuzz that you 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 were at your actual hometown, yeah. shooting it, and it sort of occurred to you guys at that point that this might be fodder for another film. Yeah, I yeah, Hot Fuzz was shot in my hometown, so just the experience of going back there, you know, uh, in, inspired this in a way because it's that th yeah it's exactly that thing where you you know like the, lots of the things that where the town is changing without you and there's nothing that you can do to stop it right and you like to remember your hometown as you want it to stay like it was when you were a kid and of course that's impossible I have to tell you I mean I love your visual style I mean I, we're we're huge fans of, of Scott Pilgrim and and you know all the stuff that you guys do. But in this movie, what what uh, rocked my world is there's some badass fights. I mean, you guys are all throwing down. Nick, you're incorporating uh, WWE moves yeah. uh, like crazy. <laughs> I have to imagine. I mean, you've done, obviously, stunts and stuff before, but in close quarter fight, like, Bar fights. Uh, yeah, look at Jackie Chan. <laughs> We're coming for you, buddy. There's a people's elbow in there. There's a rock right. bottom. I do. I Do I do the rock bottom? I do the rock bottom. Yeah. Which one do I do? I do a. Uh, I do. We do several moves that the rock. Yeah. Pop your eyes. Yeah. And we actually, we actually, uh, the rock like tweeted our trailer on Twitter because he saw it and like we, we're going to screen the film for him in Hungary. I think he's making Hercules out there. Oh, that's great. Because we've used a couple of his signature moves. Because we had this idea that the guys are just forty-year-old men and that you know they're not martial artists or anything. <laughs> no. but all the all their fight moves would come from wrestling that they've watched when they were kids and right. various kung fu movies, rugby and moves, and rugby stuff. moves. Yeah. <laughs> so it, there's there's some several tributes to Dwayne Johnson in this. Movie. Yeah. How, how is it directing that? Because I mean, you know, the, one of my favorite fights is in a movie called The Warriors. It takes place. Oh in yeah, the, absolutely. I love it, the was Warriors. that was that a bit of an inspiration? Because this close quarter thing where it's going on, I assume it's a nightmare. Because there's a sequence where where um, uh, Simon, your your character is trying to drink a. A beer. Yeah, and he's they, trying to hold on to his pint, which is yes. the most important thing in the world to him, even more than his face. Right. So he's he's hanging on to his pint whilst fighting with the other hand. And it's such a precise Harold Lloyd thing that's going on. Yeah, with the, with the guy actually, um, uh, the guy who did the stunts in Scott Pilgrim, who's an Australian guy, I brought him to London to do this movie because I really like doing the action in that. And he's a he's a he's an Australian stuntman that works with Jackie Chan. So okay. he's worked with Jackie over the years. 
And so, you know, we're big fans of the, that kind of action and also, you know, Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd. Sure, and so, yeah. But what it means is that, like, the, all the cast, like, train up. So these guys did, like, about, you know, like a month's training and, and everybody, like, including not just Simon and Nick but Martin Freeman, they're all, like, doing the, a lot of the stunts themselves. And, and, and the cool thing with this is that we, if you watch the movie, you'll see that, like, the camera never cuts away. They're in these long takes where... There's lots and lots of brawling going yeah, on. Yeah, I was blown it's away. It's so much fun to do. I mean, you're you're pretty badass, Simon. When you get <laughs> you going, you better believe yeah. it. Yeah. And, and Nick as well. Yeah. yeah you know, it's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, take, Nick takes on ten men. With those those who may not be familiar with the plot line of the uh, of the movie, I loved it because I went to uh, see another film and I I saw the trailer roll and I'm like, oh, this is going to be about a bunch of guys who are going to try and do this legendary pub crawl right. and is tr- try to have a pint at every bar in town. Yeah. Within a certain amount of time uh but things start to get a little bit strange and a little bit weird is the pub crawl does that come from somebody somebody's real life experience oh yeah that's, okay that's i mean they're, they're pretty much most kind of like towns i mean you, you know you have like bar crawls and stuff in like sure. streets over here but like in my hometown there was a like a when i was 19 the drinking age is 18 in the uk i should point that out <laughs> yes um, yeah, yeah. I decided that we were, me and my friends were going to try and do all the pubs in our town, and it went spectacularly wrong. And I, I, fl- I flamed out at pub six, mm-hmm. like so, six or seven out of fifteen. And, wow. and it wasn't, it wasn't like they carried on with that one because it was my idea. It just stopped dead. So I think the fact that I never completed it has n- nagged at me enough that twenty years later we have this movie. We tried to redo it a few years later, me and Simon. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. he did even less. I think he got to about pub four. Wow. <laughs> Which is a shame because you go for a night out and then you look at your watch; it's ten to eight. That's where that's where the fantasy element of this movie comes in. The idea that I could drink twelve beers. Now I know, like in the movie uh, Jaws, there were a few scenes where Robert Shaw actually did try to drink during the uh, during the scenes to to add a little bit of realism in his uh, big speech scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they found out that didn't work out quite so well. Did you guys? Was any actual alcohol consumed during the filming? No, I mean they wouldn't let you on. uh, The insurance people wouldn't let you for starters. Really, I think also you have to drink so much. I mean, there's so many takes. Yeah. Like, it would be impossible. Okay. So it's basically like, it's just, but you just happen to have five great drunk actors. Like, That's you know it. I mean? there's, there's a subtle key yeah. to yeah. overdoing drunk. And yeah. You, yeah. you guys, especially there's a scene, Nick, where you're going out the door. Yeah. And it's a, I won't give it away. But it's a hilarious laugh. It's, I, I've, I've seen things similar to what you do happen as just happenstance. And then the audience went nuts. It was I, hilarious. I think the key to drunk acting is less is more. Yeah. And don't, you know, I think if you're drunk, you try to not be drunk. Right. In front of straight, you know, sober people. So that's good point. Yeah. And with Simon, you're, I've, heard, I've seen your character described, Gary described as, as, a, as an a-hole, and I don't think so. I think, he's, <laughs> I think he's more of the guy that a lot of guys who maybe get in, get too staid. Yeah. In yeah. Their th- they need a guy like that to incite them. Would you agree with that? He's kind of, you know, I, I don't like to reduce Gary to that, you know, to yeah. just an a-hole, because he's... He's a sweet guy at heart. He is. I mean, he's very annoying, you know, because he kind of like he he he's his energy is boundless. He still dresses like he did when he was nineteen. Right. He's kind of this this throwback, and you, he's very manipulative and selfish. But you kind of root for him because he's the only hero you have. In a way, he's the villain and the hero in the film, you know. And he's he's the he's the one who makes the initial discovery. Absolutely. And I, for him, it's it's a happy moment when he realizes that it's not the fact that the town has changed or he's old. Right. It's, there's a reason for it. And right. It's, you know. Yeah. Alien robots. Right, which are awesome, by the way. And I have to ask, was this in any way, I said to Preston this morning, I said, there seems to be a little Bonnie Tyler video action in this. <laughs> you know what's so funny? funny story. Is that the, the executive producer of the movie, Eric Fellner, like, who is 
he used to produce all of those Duran Duran videos. Oh, really? Like, he produced the video for Wild Boys, and I said to Eric, I said, I said you know, this is like Wild, Bo- Wild Boys 2, right? Yeah. But he also, he put me in touch with Russell Mulcahy, who directed that video, and I emailed him and said, hey, how did you do the glowing eyes in uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart? <laughs> I asked him, and I got the responses that they, they took scotch tape and they stuck it over the Choir Boys' eyes. That's They got wild. the Choir Boys to close their eyes, and then they stuck tape on their eyelids. It's a cool effect, man. It looks, it looks really <laughs> yeah. good. No, I yeah, it's funny because uh, people said, said, oh, is it inspired by Total Eclipse of the Heart? I said, well, sort of. <laughs> right. f- I'm a big fan of glowing eyes, generally. The fog, the, the fog, yes. Westworld. Yeah. A lot of those choir boys. Eyes. So a lot c- of the choir boys actually lost eyes. In the <laughs> they did. <laughs> I mean, technology's come, on, come on now, but, but since then, a lot, of, a lot of eyes weren't missing. It was for a great video. Yeah. So then, <laughs> I mean, then there, was, you, there was a trade-off. Do you guys consider yourself to be, like, fanboys? You know, going to... I mean, you clearly are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, How dare you? And... I think I'm <laughs> a weird... Uh, I kind of step on the line between fanboy and jock. Okay. <laughs> I'm a... You know, you're a fuck. You're a fan you're jock. A fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an enigma in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you go to the screening last night where there's a Q&A, you guys are on the opposite end of the fanboydom, you know, yeah. where people are there to see you. How wild is that? Oh, it's, it's nice. Nice. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's we amazing. We get carried in and out on big <laughs> chairs and people wash our feet in oil. It's nice. I want... I wonder if it's akin to the classic Shatner uh, SNL bit, you oh, yeah. know, where you're... Because there is minutia I'm sure you guys are not even aware of that you created. You wrote mm-hmm. your own projects, yeah. but you can't possibly retain all that stuff. And fans get a little... Oh, we're uh, pretty good. I mean, the I thing we... is, we get exactly... You know, because we are fans, and so we totally empathize with, with how they feel. And it's, it's amazing to be on the other end of that, you know. But, like, there was a guy the other night, we were in Boston, and he was convinced that there was a deer hunter reference in Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> to the point where when we said, no, mate, you're wrong, he was right. like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, there, it's crazy. deer hunter. Right. Like, it was, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we wrote it. Somebody last night had made a T-shirt from the film without even seeing it. Like, there was, yeah, I was wow. amazed. Like, because... Um, there's a running joke in the film that, like, when different phrases come up, like Simon's character keeps saying, "Oh, good name for a band. Write that down." And like one of the <laughs> one of the names is Gary King and the Enablers. Right. They were just your enablers. He goes, "Oh, Gary King and the Enablers. That's a good name for a band. Write that down." And somebody had made a T-shirt. <laughs> he hadn't even seen the film yet. He had the Gary King and the Enablers T-shirt. Out of human amazing. flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Bound in human flesh. Eyelids <laughs> well, stitched together. I, I don't want people to think you 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 need to be uh, aware of the world of of this to enjoy the movie. The movie no, stands all. alone as a, just a hilarious thing. And and it's actually it almost seemed to be two movies at once because. Just the initial early stages where you're, you're sort of getting the guys together, yeah, and and going through that stuff, and and the you know the cassette. Uh, by the way, is it a collaborative effort picking the music? Because Primal Scream is one of my favorite bands. You use Loaded, uh, which is great. It's Amazing almost song. a centerpiece of, yeah, of, of is, the movie. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Jones and other bands. Who who made the selections? We um we wrote to the so we made a big playlist of songs from like eighty seven to ninety three, like which is like when we were at school and college, and then um. And then just while we were writing, you know, songs like like Primal Scream and The yeah. Soup Dragons and oh, Happy great. Mondays and wow. Blur, Stone all like Rose Stretch at the Top. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Funny love... enough, like, I'm, Stoops Dragons, of course, is a Running Stones cover. 
No, Edgar, you, your use of, uh, of music in, in films has been great. Obviously, Scott Pilgrim, that was a huge part of that movie. I used, like, Threshold from Sex Babam <laughs> is on my workout <laughs> list oh, of music because yeah. it's a real intense it's driving great. song. And I you turn me, on, film. turn me on to the band <laughs> Metric as well. So uh, yeah. You've used some uh, some great music to great effect. Simon, earlier in the day, you tweeted that uh, you, you guys drove past the Rocky Steps on the way here, and you tweeted that you wanted to run up them again. You, you've done it before. Yeah, when we were here with Shaun of the Dead, we actually had a chance to, I know it's like, oh, you guys that live here this thing oh goddamn tourists <laughs> but you just see it it's like a piece I of movie it. history you yeah know? It's, like, well, it's the rocky steps it. yeah. it's kind of tiring isn't yeah. it yeah it it's is, like, but it's good. Yeah. And I've never th- seen the Liberty Bell, but I have run the Rocky Steps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to have historical context. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get the your priorities yeah. right. And, and Nick, you're going to the Phillies game tonight? Yeah, I am. Are you guys going as well? i got to go to New York to okay. do Jimmy Fallon, but I, so I, these guys get to stay in Philly. I'm jealous. I'm going to go to the Mutter Museum. Is that good? Oh! Yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. you go. Okay, I'm going to do uh, that. This is a <laughs> medical oddities museum that is phenomenal. You'll never see more half-aborted embryos in jars. It's just astonishing, but well, it's, uh, just We leave. see a lot of those, so I mean... Ed has been offered the yeah. chance to leave his genitals there, actually. <laughs> so he's going to check it out. See how he yeah. probably says a lot about Edgar and I that I'd rather go to the ball game and he'd rather see embryos in a jar. <laughs> So wait, you're doing Jimmy Fallon tonight. I am, yes. I love that show. Yeah, so, he's a sweet guy. I like how, him a lot. How weird is that? You're sitting at a at a desk and the audience is set far back and It's strange when you do those shows because you see them on TV all the time and then when you're on them it's like you're in the TV. It's like, oh, it's you know, it's a very strange feeling because you the sets all around you. It's like having a 3D TV experience. Are you doing anything fun with him because I know he likes to have fun with his I guests. think I might be doing a little sketch, yeah, okay, and cool. uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. But I'm sad that I, I got to leave these guys behind and they get to stay in Philly, you know. I really want to see some balls. Would you have been? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying which event I want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> To. I was Which looking at, yeah. uh, at your guys' uh, Twitter accounts, and I noticed uh, something. We have uh, Edgar at uh, 360,000 followers, Nick at 800,000 followers, Simon, 3,383,000 It's the Trek effect. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be, right? Which, by yeah. the way, exemplary work in the Trek movies. Thank Love you very Love much. Love them. It would, what so easily could have been effed up. J.J. Abrams. And, and <laughs> no, you're right. They did a, a great job. And... and uh, I believe are you? They're they're hopefully doing a, a third one for oh, the fiftieth. Yeah, yeah. Is well, that? I don't know. Practically speaking, I can't guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah. We'd love to get it out for the fiftieth anniversary, right. but that would mean like getting into it straight away next year. Sure, so. it's yeah. a genius job done in reinventing and reinvigorating and and wiping all the dust off of that series yeah. and making it something that I think my kids are going to dig for years and years. I now, hope so. It's awesome. such a great story, and those yeah. are great characters, and all the people that were in the original series that are still with us uh, have been so supportive and I'm very I got I became very good friends with James Dewan's son Chris and oh, cool. he gave me one of Jim Jimmy's pen knives which I keep he, very you know sacred to me he landed at Normandy he was he, I know yeah, he, I mean he was a, a was legitimate war when hero he started the uh, JJ sent me this thing yesterday it's a comparison of all our ages and all the original cast ages right and like Jimmy Dewan was 47 when he first started playing Scotty I'm currently 43 wow and I think the biggest age gap was between maybe uh Walter Koenig and Anton Yelchin Chekhov. Walter was 31 and Anton's 24. Oh, wow. So, and our heights as well. Jimmy was an inch taller than me, so I oh, okay. Scotty yeah. has shrunk. <laughs> Wasn't he missing a part of it? He had a war wound, part of a finger missing? Yeah, he had a finger yeah, missing, yeah. 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 He, was a, he was a hero, Jimmy. Was, it's, it's, wow. it's an honor to sort of take on his role, you know? I just want to knock you down a peg, Simon. Do it. You uh, die to uh, serve uh, it. Uh, uh, I've never heard that joke. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, uh, so Snooki uh, has six million followers <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter. That's the that's what's double. Snooki that's from the Jersey yeah, Shore. Yeah. Jersey Shore. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of the aliens from Star Trek, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know my place. No, they look a little more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, concerning all that and all with the J.J. Abrams stuff and this and the uh, the Star Wars reboot. Yeah, is that something that you just want to say? Because you, you, out of reverence, go do it. I'd rather watch it. Or are you lobbying for inclusion in? I would love to go visit set. I'd love to, you know, I'll use every contact I have to check it out. But I, I think um, to be in it would, you know, so many people know that I like Star Wars. They'll, they'll If I walk on screen, they'll be like, oh, it's ruined. So uh, I'd happily sit back and just watch that thing. I think JJ's going to do an amazing job. Just Nick, how about be a stormtrooper. Nobody will ever <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why not? Just I might be. I'm not going to ruin it. Because I go, could oh, be... that could be Simon Pegg. <laughs> that's right. We'll but just leave that out there. <laughs> you can then you can just have the bragging rights of you go to the cinema with somebody and you go that's me sure <laughs> you can be Vader Jr. Yeah. Nick, yeah. any any interest in uh, a Star Wars appearance if you have I don't know I mean maybe the young Sarlacc pit Gamorrean <laughs> <laughs> guard or something I could shoot my belly button and then put teeth in it uh, well, you guys are awesome, and, and we're really we're really happy to have you here and and, uh, and to be involved with the the screening last night. And glad you're sticking around for a couple of days. It's hilarious! Yeah, is getting you. great uh, great reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, huge numbers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's at ninety one percent. Definitely, so definitely spend some time with it. All right, the world's in. And thank you, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright. We thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay where you are. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by HERS. Pick up a specially marked bag of HERS today for a chance to win $10,000 and take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. HERS forever good. Cops in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, no! Stopped a suspicious car without its headlights on and found a load of pot plants in the front and receipts. But the guy who was driving, his buddy, was in the trunk. <laughs> The Toyota was pulled over at about 10 p.m. on Sunday, and police found the driver surrounded by 20 marijuana plants and his passenger in the trunk, seemingly to make room for the marijuana in the front seat. Yes, officer, did I do anything wrong? The 23-year-old man and 24-year-old in the trunk each face charges of possession of a controlled substance for the purpose of trafficking and cultivation under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. So, but up there, I I guess, what is it, British Columbia? uh, Because pot's... Legal, right in Vancouver. I think it's there, uh, this there is are Sco- loose loose rules okay. in Vancouver, but I, I, I don't always know. thought it was much more relaxed when it came to that up there. Like decriminalization, which means I guess you know maybe you're not going to get like arrested for smoking it Might or whatever. But when you're transplanting or transporting plants, yeah. yeah, all right, maybe that's a big deal. Uh, this is a wild story. A new London skyscraper dubbed the Walkie Talkie, yeah, has been blamed for reflecting light which has melted parts of a car parked on a nearby street. Martin Lindsay parked his Jaguar... A Jaguar. His Jaguar... <laughs> it's a knockoff. His Jaguar on East Cheap in the city of London on Thursday afternoon. When he returned about two hours later, he found parts of his car, including the wing mirror and badge, had melted. 
Mr. Lindsay said he could not believe the damage. I the, could not believe it. The right here on my Jaguar. The developers <laughs> had apologized and paid for repairs. The 37-story skyscraper at uh, 20 Fenchurch Street, which has been nicknamed the walkie-talkie because of its shape, is currently under construction. Mr. Lindsay said, I was walking down the road and saw a photographer taking photos, and I asked what's happening. The photographer asked me, have you seen that car? The owner won't be happy. I said, I am the owner. Crikey, that's awful. Crikey. The wing mirror, panels, and Jaguar badge had all melted. He said it could be dangerous. Imagine if the sun reflected on the wrong part of the body. So basically, it's turned into a uh, magnifying glass of sorts. And the, the building, mirror. the building is uh, concave. Mm-hmm. So as and it, they were showing press. I saw a feature on it. There was a guy who was cooking the classic egg on the yep. on the thing out in the it, open. It was the, this, it just forces the light. It yes, focuses concentrated the light. it, yeah. and it makes it really, really hot. In a joint statement, developers, Land Securities, and Canary Wharf said. We are aware of concerns regarding the light reflecting from 20 Fenchurch Street and are looking into the matter. It is our same desire not to set anyone on fire. As a precautionary measure, the City of London has agreed to suspend three parking bays in the area, which may be affected while we investigate the situation further. Uh, Mr. Lindsay said the developers had apologized and agreed to sort out the repair costs. I don't know how the hell they're going to do that. they got to replace the whole front of the building. Yeah. A police SWAT officer had a Glock 35 with a flashlight in his thigh holster at a children's reading event (laughs) when a boy actually managed to reach up and pull the trigger and shoot the officer. He's okay. Uh, It uh, apparently... Uh, Lieutenant Sierra Bruca with the department said it doesn't have an external safety. God damn yeah! (laughs) The gun functioned how it was supposed to while the trigger was pulled and the gun went off. Kid. <laughs> uh, the officer was showing the department's SWAT truck, vest, and other gear at a children's event called Reading Roundup. A small child, six to eight years old, was able to walk up to the officer and pull the trigger. You little dick and yeah. you. Yeah. Why wasn't the, the safety on? Uh, it doesn't have a safety. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. The bullet hit the officer's leg. He was taken to the hospital for a minor injury and released. Oh, that's okay. Yep. Uh, the department is investigating the shooting to see if protocols or procedures need to be changed to prevent the same thing from happening once again. Maybe let let's, let the uh, children um, instruct them to not touch the guns. Uh, well, you know, they're kids. They, you yeah. know, they, who knows? Officers want to find the child and his parents to piece together what went wrong. <laughs> uh, police say because the gun was in a holster to accommodate the attached flashlight, the trigger was more accessible. You know, it reminds me, Preston, of that classic footage of the, I think it's a DEA agent who discharged a weapon in the classroom. Shoots Shoot himself in the shoots foot. Shoots himself. Yeah. And he's like, is everybody okay? And then he picks up like an assault rifle and everybody <laughs> runs out of the no! runs out of the classroom. It's awesome. Uh, the officer has been on the SWAT team for about five years and he is back on duty. So he's okay. And there you go. That is your bizarre file for right now. We got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. MMR and Live Nation are happy to announce the live performance drought is finally over. It's the Live In at the Drive-In Concert Series, a month of shows in the Phillies parking lot. You'll experience from your car. 93.3 WMMR and the Struts invite you to rock out live in your ride Saturday, August 22nd. Your body talks. 
The live-in at the drive-in concert series. Essentially awesome solution to a performanceless pandemic. Featuring the struts and many See more. See the full schedule at WMMR.com. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to us by Horizon. Stay cool with double tune-up savings. Get Horizon's AC tune-up for just $59 and your fall heating tune-up for $39. Horizonservices.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, just three months after Nicolas Cage and Erica Koike tied the knot, the two are now officially divorced. Koike says that despite the split, there were good times like last Tuesday at 3 p.m. <laughs> A Khloe Kardashian superfan named Narbe had his dream come true when she agreed to be his date to the Hoover High School prom in Glendale. The magical evening ended with the two performing The Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing, during which Chloe hoisted Narbe over her head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and finally, Ric Flair revealing to DMT Sports that he underwent surgery to receive a pacemaker and is doing fantastically well. Amazingly, because of Flair's energetic style, surgeons turned his left nipple into a dial, which he can increase when he wants to yell, Woo! Nice. And that's your Hollywood track. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. So Me too. Really because excited. they sound awesome. They and they're do. doing a little bit of a sound check. And they've, they, uh, they're in fine voice. They've been warming up in our studio. And, and if, you, if you have kids, you're quite aware of this group. Or if you've listened to our show for a number of years, you know this. Hot potato, hot potato. <laughs> and, uh, hot potato, hot potato. Sing it all the time. Kathy's famous rendition potato, of it from years potato. ago. Uh, but potato. We'll Come on. Potato, potato, potato. Sing it. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the wiggle. Lucky, Emma, Simon, and Anthony are all here. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming here. We appreciate it. We have been really excited. Kathy here Kathy. has been a massive fan of the Wiggles, <laughs> and she set the whole thing up. When you first approached us and said, guys, I think I got the Wiggles, we were like, really? <laughs> Our boss was like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand the impact of the Wiggles. Well, his kids were too old uh, by yeah. the time you guys had come uh, out, so yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, in, in college, I babysat. I was I always tell the story. I was a terrible waitress, couldn't do it. So um, I babysat to get my way through college. And you guys were like, number one, 8 a.m. every morning. We Katie, watch Katie, the let's, let's give you a quick wiggle uh, right, okay. quiz, okay? okay. Join in. We're going to do three or four oh, no. excerpts of songs. You've got to sing along. All right, go ahead, Kathy. Here we go. Chugga chugga, big red car. Come on. We're traveling near and we travel far. Chugga chugga, chugga, big red car. Okay, how about this one? Okay, how about this one, Kathy? Fruit salad. Oh, yes, yes. Yummy, yummy. Come on, let's see. Fruit salad. Everybody. Yummy, yummy. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. Yeah. Salad. Come on, Kat. <laughs> salad, salad. I didn't want to jump in. No, that no, one I definitely knew. I think we got it culturally wrong, though. In Australia, you know, for breakfast we have fruit salad. We really yeah. do. Fruit salad and coffee. We come here to your beautiful studios. There's cannelloni and frozen ice. <laughs> a little different. It's a little different. Yeah, it's our tradition. It's basically that's our Vegemite. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Well, Anthony, Anthony, you're uh, an original member. Did you create the Wiggles? 
Uh, I'm not that. I did create the Wiggles, but I'm, I wasn't that smart, and I don't know how we're still here after 22 years. But I'm so happy we are. It's an amazing. Now, do, do you come from a history as, of, of, of teachers that that had had a musical leaning? Murray, Greg, and myself were at university studying early childhood teaching, so we're early childhood teachers, mm-hmm. and we were in rock bands before that as well. Huh. So we put it together. And here we are. But, you know, over the years, uh, we had so many great experiences traveling the world. Lots of fun things have happened to us. And then the boys retired last year, and they handed over the purple shirt to Lockie. Um, the yellow sh- shirt, for the first time ever, we got a female wiggle. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. Broke through that glass ceiling, didn't you? And yeah. You guys have got to hear about Simon, who is the new Red Wiggle. He was the Phantom of the Opera in Australia. Yeah. Now, that sounds great. And it was. We saw him yeah. on stage. And uh, <laughs> we were mates before that. So we said, Murray said, would you like to take over? He said, yes. Now, the first couple of performances, he got confused. Listen to what happened. You're, this is an exclusive. Okay. All right, what happened? What happened? You alone can make my song take flight. Toot toot, chugga chugga, big red car. Last night. Wow. You had a complete meltdown. Confusing times. True story. And anyone yeah. watching this on the, on the web, you'll understand why. Yeah. He wore the phantom mask for the yeah. first couple of performances. Yeah. Said, Simon, you've got to take it off. He took it off. I said, put it back on. <laughs> no, you're, you're all good looking, which is great because you don't, you don't scare the kids, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, but oh, my you, God, you, no. I have a total crush on Emma already. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, terrible. I, I think she's got to be the new uh, America's sweetheart. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about yourself. What, what, what the things... She's like MacGyver. She, um, <laughs> really? She, she rallied car drives. Are you yeah. kidding? You are yeah. you are a rally car driver. I used to do it in in the junior section in Australia. And that's some that's some tough terrain. It, it was. Yeah. But my dad was really into it, and we'd only race Renault cars. You know the French. Yeah, cars. right. Renault. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was it, and I wasn't allowed to have any other car. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I always joke because Australia is it's it's kind of a, I think Australia looks fantastic and awesome. But my one the one point I contend is that everything there can kill you. It can, it's <laughs> true. Everything it's there true. is deadly. Even I'm so scared, though, and I don't okay, think you need to. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. The other day, we got up, my family joined me in Queensland, and um, there was there was frogs, of course. And, uh, and my, the frogs my, can probably kill you, right? Well, they can. Yeah. They, they're, they're cane toads. But my little boy was about to play with a frog. I said, Antonio, that's a cane toad, mate. It's poison. Poisonous. Right? We've got poisonous fr- frogs. You've it's got it. the saltwater crocodiles, only yeah. where in the world. Yeah. You've got the box jellyfish. Yeah. You've got the funnel web spiders. You have the, but, the ring octopus. The ring yeah. octopus. And Yahoo Serious. And let me tell you, we're, we're great mates of the Wiggles, and, and, and of course, it, it killed him in the end with Steve Irwin. What a great yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and the great thing about Steve, he, he took uh, Australia to the world, and he, he represents to me what Australia is all about. Do you know what's funny about it? Maybe that adversity, you know, Australia was originally a, a penal colony, and, yeah. but yeah. every Australian I've ever encountered has a great zeal for life. Yeah. There's very positive. Also, you know, people say, how long does it take to get over to, to Philadelphia? It's 26 hours flying, but you know what? We've got nothing else around us. It's, you have to fly that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple of things I want to touch on. The Wiggles are going to be playing the Tower Theater in August. It's on a Saturday. It's the 17th, and you can get information at the Wiggles. Com. But I, w- I want some perspective here because the Wiggles have sold more than 23 million DVDs. <laughs> oh it's astonishing. Videos, uh, 7 million CDs, 8 million books worldwide. Oh it's a juggernaut. It's just amazing. And those books, there's only four words in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anthony, how old your son? My son is six years old. So my son is six as well. Yeah. And, and there was a definite two-year period where the Wiggles were a huge part Same of his life. Me. Same with me. All right. So yeah. what was his perspective on it with you being in the group and him being oh, your son? He loved it. Absolutely loved it. But, but at the moment, he says, Dad... Park the big red car around the corner when you drop me off at school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got, you've got the He's car? He's a little bit embarrassed now. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he loved it for a while. I have to ask, is there, there, there are you know several successful children's uh, groups that are out there for entertaining and, and musical groups and so forth. Is there a certain amount of competition amongst you know? Yeah, you, you guys, guys have rumbles with the Fresh Beat Band? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Imagination <laughs> movers? That's my win, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, like any parent, if your child is being entertained by these guys, Imagination Movers, Fresh Beat Band, my children love the Fresh Beat Band. And I was just happy for my kids to do that. So me and my wife, you know, we could have a cup of coffee together or whatever, you know. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> be old or whatever. But it's true. It's if, you, if they're being entertained, you're happy, mate. But I've got to say, I was glad when they moved on from Dora, though, because Dora, as good oh, as she God. is, but that voice, man, after yes. a while. Yeah. And they repeat yeah. things over and over again. They're, apparently, and I'm, I, I don't want to let any national security out, but they're using that voice in Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, no. to extract information? <laughs> yeah. What's the one that, 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 that pisses you off, Casey? The, uh, the, the, the kid who's always complaining. Oh, Caillou. Caillou. Oh, oh my God! I don't like Caillou. Caillou yeah, is yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. A, a, an insufferable. He's a whiner. <laughs> French Canadian punk. The reason I said that there was a story in Australia, and you can look this up. This is the truth. There was a guy in Australia who was holding someone hostage, and it's a terrible story. Yeah, yeah. But the Australian police forced to drive the guy mad and get him out of there. Played hot potato. Yes, on a loop. no, it actually happened. I've you never know. heard that. You reported this story. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Hot potato. Yeah. Hot potato. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Stop. I'd be fine with it. You'd be all right. Hot potato, hot potato. Potato. Hot potato, hot potato. My cat. I, I, you know, there's a, there's an art to keeping a, a child's attention, but also I was reading about you guys and about the music and the construction of the songs. You, you're, you're attempting to instruct as well. So, I mean, there's... There's more to it than just something to occupy the kids' time and have them as eyes will white. You know? There is, but you know, I, I think the good thing about the Wiggles from the start is that e even if we're, we're trying to, you know, yeah. uh, further, you know, eating fruit salad, right, yeah. instead of going into real detail, we just give them the hook line, fruit salad, yummy, right. yummy. So when you go past fruit salad, you go yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. But there's so much. Children get bombarded. We all adults do too right. to eat all the wrong foods. So it's yeah. good to give a bit of a, a plug for the good foods. Sure. Well, let's uh, let's hear a song yeah. if you guys don't yeah. mind and then we'll, we'll talk some more well, about well, this uh, is the Wiggles and A new and song. It's called Do the Propeller and it's, we'll do a little bit of it so we don't drive everyone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Not good at the propeller. I just found out. Uh, so Emma, what is it like breaking the gender barrier in the Wiggles? You uh, know? It's actually really exciting. We've seen a lot of children, especially girls, arrive at the show dressed exactly like me, like head to toe with the bow and the bows on the shoes. And 
unfortunately, the bows are staying the same size, so they're actually bigger than their head. <laughs> and it's just wonderful. We've it's seen such a, a, such a change. And even the other day, we went to the Mets game. We are going to the Philly game today. But okay. We went yes. to the Mets game. And a girl arrived dressed like me for the Mets game. Aww. That's wild. That's yeah. awesome. Now, Anthony, has anybody been upset that it's been a boys' club only? And how dare you yes. let a woman in? Really? Yes. It, the first interview we did in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Los right. Angeles would be the place where yeah. you get. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're going to be very PC over there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he came up. But he came up to me and he said, "One, he, um, I can't believe you replaced the guy with with a girl." And then he went. By the way, you guys Trekkies? <laughs> <laughs> Those do look like Star Trek uniforms. I mean, it could be. I mean, you got to imagine the poor guy's got to wear the Barney costume. I mean, you guys get off pretty lightly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. These are and, not, not bad. And you said you, 22 years it's been? 22 years. I mean, it's yeah. amazing to see how, still, how you look, you seem to be still enjoying yourself. Oh, I absolutely love it. The audience is fantastic. Uh, we get up in the morning, sing songs that are, you know, just happy songs. Life affirming. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, nothing wrong with all. that. Yeah. But, but are there times when you're really not that happy and you have to sing some songs, you know, where you're like, oh, man. No, I'm never, really never, not... never on stage. Never on stage. Never on stage. Okay. 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 Sitting in the in the car. Like, we got up this morning at 5.30 and that was a little hard. But <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. But, you know, but I'm actually a morning person. I drive these guys crazy. That's why the others left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Enough. No, but Anthony's energy really keeps us going as well, and it's amazing to see how much energy he has. Yeah. And but you, can, you know what? They've got a new Wiggles theme song, right? We wrote it, wrote it and do the words you were singing about me today, uh, Lockie. Okay, ready? Ready, steady, wiggle. Remember the, the other and the other guy too. Yeah, so, ready, steady, wiggle. Emma, Lockie, Simon, the old guy too. <laughs> the old guy. <laughs> I love that our names get in there. Yeah, the, yeah. Old guy. <laughs> the ultimate disc. <laughs> hey, when you do the uh, the live production, I've seen it up on stage. How many people are on stage with you? It's a big production. We've had yeah. up to twenty people on stage. Um, you know, it can, it can be up to twenty people. Like a full Broadway. Type yeah, deal, yeah. production, yeah. driving cars out on the cars stage, cars coming on stage, yeah. flags, and then, and then you go out into the audience as well. We do yeah. all the time, and and that's and it's not a taped show either. Right, we play a lot of the music live, so you know we we love still rock it out. So yeah, awesome. do you have a favorite song? I do. Tommy Kangaroo Down Sport. Can I play a little yes, bit? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. You know they're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed all together now. Tiny kangaroo down sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Everybody. Tiny kangaroo down sport. Tiny kangaroo down. I like them. <laughs> See, all right, all right. So you know, I have I have three kids, and and I think uh, you know at that age, I really got into you guys, backyard against anything that um where there was good. Good music, mm -hmm. you know, like that was pleasing Back to Back out against yeah. great music. It's yeah. like New Orleans type of stuff. Right, yeah, right. But the, the thing is, I've seen all your live shows as well. Um, the, my kids were scared at the backyard against because these little things that were on the TV are now these g big Jeez. giant creatures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing with with Dora, but you yeah. know, you get what you get. Like you guys are on the TV, and then you guys are on the screen. It's not like this. It's not a huge transition. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. It's still, it's still when we when we meet a lot of children, they're so used to seeing us on the TV, and we're you know we're this <laughs> yeah. big. And when we are in real life, and especially Simon, <laughs> Simon's tall. Simon's six and, foot and four. You know, like Greg and Murray, they're really tall. Well, you, you have to imagine. I mean, it's it would be a Equivalent to meeting a, a rock idol, you know, yeah. for an adult. I mean, yeah. you you guys are the soundtrack of uh, of their uh, their life at a certain mm -hmm. point. So uh, that that's got to be cool. Any now, 
there was uh, I was reading about the Madison Square Garden uh, shows. Mm-hmm. Were, were you there for that? Uh, yes, yeah. I was. It, it, you sold out, right? Thirteen shows, but yeah. you, know, you know what happened? Chris Martin uh, from Coldplay. Yes, he did a uh, shows in Australia, and he told the story that Coldplay were hit, really hitting big, and then he saw the Wiggles had sold out thirteen shows, and he went, "That's their thing." <laughs> Do you know what? On YouTube, which is one of the proudest moments, they invited us to the show, and they pl- they sang Fruit Salad. Oh, yeah, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh, I gotta get yeah. that audio. Look at it. It's quite amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Speaking of, uh, of Chris Martin and uh, celebrities, have you been surprised at anybody or, or you found out that they were a fan or have kids that watch or have actually you've met and they've told John you about John Fogarty. Uh, really? From oh, wow, John, man. One of my favorite uh, musicians. Yeah, John was, uh, had, had a little girl later in life and uh, loved Wiggle Bay, our v- DVD, and he contacted us. And said, I'd love to do a song with you. We did three songs with John Fogarty on a Christmas album. No way. And we went to his studio where he was recording an album. And Murray and myself are guitar players. And John showed us like 50 guitars he had lined up to do this, to, to record. And the engineer said he knows the sound of every one of those guitars. Wow. He knows what song he's going to play it on. Amazing guy. Incredible singer and, and a historian of rock, too. He knows yeah. everything about rock and roll. He does, well, yeah. That, the, yeah. The kangaroo song you were just playing, it's, it's got a, almost like a Proud Mary type of... Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I can see good Fogarty yeah. uh, enjoying your music. There you go. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. Um, so I found out about you guys. My brother has kids, and they're older. And um, so... They're in uh, college. Th- no. no, 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 no. Uh, but my, my nephew was just infatuated with you now, and unfortunately... You know, he's grown up and, and now he's uh, you know, all into baseball and all that sort of stuff. But when I first heard about you guys, I was so excited because my nickname in college was Wiggles. Yeah. From, oh, uh, that's all great. the way through college, people that, you know, that I graduated with and all, they, they still call me Wiggles. So. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I never, fa- I, I would ask, I'm like, why do you guys call me Wiggles? And they're like, because you're Wiggles. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you're Wiggles, yeah. man. Hey, I'm going to play a little bit of, uh, of Coldplay covering Fruit Salad. Awesome. Oh, so, right. uh, you guys won't, probably won't be able to hear this, but let me hear it. Oh, the crowd's going crazy, too. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's very cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so once again, they're going to be performing at uh, the Tower Theater, and that's uh, Saturday, August 17th. I just I want to thank you guys for um, providing me for like a half hour of peace and quiet every now and then <laughs> when my son was three and four, and, and just really for really good quality entertainment. Uh, yeah. And, and, and to, like, to have you guys in the studio, it, it's sort of been a running joke, but it's also been something that's serious for us. Like, we love having guys like you stop oh, by. Right. So thanks oh, for coming thanks. in. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. awesome. It, it was uh, when I looked up and I saw Simon, I was like, oh my God, you guys are here. I did want to ask real quick, who is the biggest heartthrob of the crew? Because listen, yeah, there's kids watching, but there are also mothers watching yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh-huh. uh, we've got, we've got Mitch- all different generations here. Uh-huh. So yeah. we've got, okay, grandparents. Um, got- <laughs> you're you're hitting you with the grandparents? Yourself, I yeah. didn't say that. No. But, uh, Simon, Simon is, is the thinking woman's. And, yeah, he gets the reporters, the girl okay. reporters. And Lockie is actually in um, Cleo Bachelor of the Year in, in Australia. Australia. Oh. 
so that's happening when we get back to Australia in like in a couple of days. So we're gearing up for that. But uh, these, I two. know, I know, you guys are completely on the up and up. But yeah, it doesn't hurt to have the you give the mom some eye candy, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you kind of look like uh, one of the Phillies players. You look like a guy named Chase Utley. He plays yeah, yeah, for yeah. Us. We do. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's <laughs> the heartthrob of the of the team too, and the phantom of the opera background, right? Yeah. That's yeah. A, you know, I was saying to saying to Simon, it was great. That he was in the phantom of the opera, and it wasn't the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> What is this? Oh, yeah. In fact, we're looking at some tweets that are coming in right now. And uh, very sexy Maria tweeted in, hello, purple. It happens all the time. All the time. You're going to get a call later on. Hello, is purple there? I'm at room 117 in the airport Ramada. Oh, goodness. Wow. All right, well, uh, we can't thank you enough. This has been a real thrill for us. Well, thanks, thanks, Evans. Evans. Thank you. Before we do wrap it up, can we hear the Wiggles theme real quick? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And now, what are you going to say this time? We don't know the old guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the word, okay? <laughs> Ready, steady, wiggle. And Malaki, Simon, nappy boy, too. <laughs> Ready, steady, wiggle. You can jump like a kangaroo. Ready, steady, Wags and Henry too. Ready, steady, wiggle. The captain fed the sword. Woohoo! Here we go now. Wiggle, 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 Yeah! Yeah! I know you're wrapping this up, but I just had a thought. Is there any chance you could sing Preston and Steve in there somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Should we give them all our names? Yeah, absolutely. They're all right here. And, and it, can you guys make us lunch? Would that be too much? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. You ready? You got to mention all the names. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry, but we'll hand you the list. All right. Here, I'll write it down. Oh, you got w- okay. I know this is uh, last minute, but good call, Kate. You could just say MMR. Yeah. These guys are musicians. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Hey, the guy recorded with Fogarty. Lucky. Stop thinking about the lady that wrote you the name. His head is always in a different place. Here we go. Double M on I 3.3. But let me tell you something. They don't say double M. You say M. You say M M R. M M R. This is going very well. M M R 99.3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 93.3. And you've got the names, Lucky. Lucky, Lucky that you've got the names. Okay. Why do we leave him with the names? Here we go. Oh, no. M M R 93.3. Preston, Steve, Casey, Kathy, Nick, and Marissa. You can jump like a kangaroo. All right. So we'll take it. Lyrically, it's not awesome, but I loved it. Yeah. We will take it. We got it. Thank you very much, too. Thank you very much. Lockie, Emma, Simon, and Anthony. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay there. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.